preparing the live stream. I'm going to do some things in the background. They're going to see us live, but we're going to pretend like they don't see us. Okay. <laughs> right. I was going to go in here and do some uh, back office stuff. Let me share this to the other chat too, to the YouTube chat. Yeah, I'm just, I was going to bring this. Is that where people chat usually during the show, the YouTube? Yeah. Okay. And I'll send you the link so you have that. Yeah, I think I found it. Oh, here we go. I found it already. Wait, back one. The live situation. There we go. <laughs> I, see, I see a lot of no agenda people already in there. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> too funny. Guys, those guys are too funny. They was cussing me out in the other stream. Oh, I can't get it running. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I told him I'm going to make you wait just because. <laughs> fine with me, man. I'm going to make him wait. All right, so, all right. Shout out to Sir Bubba Hotep. He sent me a super chat and the other link. Hotep, Jesus, and Adam. Yes, we are here. We are here. Pretend like we're not here. I'm still doing some back office stuff. Um, of course, we have a great, great conversation lined up for y'all tonight. So never fear. Hotep, Jesus is here. Uh, is this made safe for kids? Uh, no. We're going to no. say no. Mm -hmm. I would say you have the wrong guy for that. <laughs> But All your right. kids might learn something. <laughs> Saved. All right, let me close out some of these windows. Are uh, you in New York City? Uh, right outside of New York City. Mm -hmm. Where? Uh, Central Jersey. Okay. I used to live in Jersey. Oh, okay. I used what to live in, uh, uh, Verona. Verona. Okay. Montclair. Montclair. Yeah, yeah. Montclair, yeah. Verona, right off Route 3. Oh, yeah. That's where the rich folks live. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, that's where the rich <laughs> folks live. By the way, that that area has changed, man. That's it's pretty interesting now. That's yeah. that's How a so? pretty that's a pretty integrated area now. Oh yeah, yeah. It's really, yeah. It's, you know, that's like, yeah. It's it's. Uh, I was I went back a couple of years ago with my daughter. She grew up there. She was born in uh, Livingston. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Livingston. That's where the rich people are, Hotep, Livingston. Oh, there are a lot of rich people in Livingston. Absolutely. Um, we, would, we would go to the, 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 the Livingston Mall. That would be like a big, woo, okay, hold on a second. Let's go to the, the Livingston. Cause the Willowbrook Mall, that was kind of my level. You know, I like that, the Willowbrook Mall, but the Livingston Mall, yeah, oh, that did it. What about the other mall, uh, Short Hills? Short Hills, oh, no, yeah, that's another. Uh, yeah, Short Hills was if you're going to go all day and eat there. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. A full on mall trip. Are we are we live or are you? Uh... Oh, we live, baby. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, nice. we live. If you want to uh -huh. take a smoke, go ahead. Take a smoke. Well, I'll ahead. be smoking throughout the whole thing. I got my vapes. I'm I'm good to go. Got everything. Um, got my cans on, so I can hear you right. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I remember Shore Hills Mall. I worked in Nordstrom, and Lauren Hill came in there. We used to get a lot of celebrities coming. Shore Hill sure. Mall. Sure, Short Hill Mall. Sure. You know, you stand outside for about five to ten minutes. You're sure to see some sort of luxury vehicles pull up every few minutes. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yeah. You, you well, back to... in those days, I had a Rolls Royce Silver Shadow Two. These Ooh. were the good days. Yeah, it was uh, Brewster Green, and uh, 
I drove it into Manhattan every single day for like seven years when I was going to MTV every day. I loved that car. That was a great car. MTV was treating you good then. Uh, well, I, I it was uh, pre-owned, so I bought it. Had twenty seven hundred miles on it. It was from nineteen seventy two, so it was pretty mint. But it still had the classic, you know, the round edges just before they they went to the Continental, the really like really ugly. They went through an ugly phase, and now of course they're back after Bentley. You know, which of course is the same people, but you know, BMW got a hold of that, and they, uh, and they made some really nice cars. Uh-huh. But the Rolls, it was just something about it that um, it just had everything, you know. And uh, and I had a great Poupon little jar in the glove compartment because someone, <laughs> some a ass wipe would always say, "Pardon me, bro, you got any great Poupon?" And be like, "Yeah, I got it right here." <laughs> and uh, but it was cool because it had GM transmission. So you could just go to Lee Miles and have your transmission fixed, oh, okay. uh, which uh, never happened. The only thing that was bad that happened, and this was, this was a, a typical uh, Adam Curry moment. It was Friday afternoon, and uh, I'd left MTV, and I'd go through the Lincoln Tunnel. And Friday afternoon, Lincoln Tunnel, it's a nightmare. I mean, you know that. It's just, oh, you, you just do. don't want to be in that traffic. Yeah. And once you kind of get into the flow on, you know, I forget which street it was, then you, you're in, you know, you're either going all the way through the tunnel or not. You, said, you can't get off. And so I'm in the roller. I got my MTV hair. I got the leather jacket on, you know, I'm, I'm chilling out. And then I'm in the tunnel. I run out of gas. Oh, man. Now, now, the way it works in the Lincoln Tunnel is then they have to stop traffic, have the push car come in, turn around, and then push you out. Now, just imagine all the people who are coming by me, seeing an MTV guy with his Rolls Royce out of gas on a Friday, like, fuck you, you Adam, you suck, you're an asshole. It was, it was a moment to remember, me and my Brewster Green Rolls Royce. Uh, yeah, I would have cussed times. you out. I would have cussed you out too, man. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it was embarrassing. There was no hiding myself, you know. I was like, oh, yeah, it's the hair, it's the jacket. They see what's going on. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, for people don't that that have never been like the Lincoln Tunnel is like that funnel into the city. I think it's either you take one of the bridges, you take the Lincoln, yeah. and you take the Holland, and you know Lincoln's gonna put you midtown, and Holland's gonna put you downtown. Yeah, you know, and usually you want to take the Lincoln because that's where everything's gonna you know. Or, be. or you do uh, West Side Heliport. That's that's the stylish way to go. Oh, that's the big baller. <laughs> that's the baller way to go. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll hit the heliport. Yeah, but those tunnels are always, like you said, it's always full. And like Lincoln, yeah. you might only have like two lanes and you got one two lane lanes going in one, one in one way tunnel. Yep, yep. and one lane going the other way. So in order to shut that down, like you made an inconvenience for people going both ways in and out of New York City. So that was Someone probably died because of me, Hotep. I'm telling you, it's like yeah. it's, it, was, it was a bad afternoon. So bad day. you were uh, a VJ. Like, mm-hmm. That was a big thing back then, like VJs. I don't even think that stuff exists anymore. It probably called something else now. But you were a VJ yeah. at MTV. Yeah. Yeah. What's that like being young at, you know, MTV and its prime? Well, so I started in uh, radio and television when I was, well, I was 15 in radio and 19 television in Europe. I grew up uh, in Amsterdam, even though I was born, born in the United States. And um, so I went to work for MTV after I'd already been doing a show in the Netherlands for about four years. So... I got in. Now, there was already the first wave of VJs had been there. Martha, uh, JJ, um, rest in peace, uh, Alan, Mark Hunter, and uh, Nina. And so they were there. And so they were bringing in a whole new slew. And this is around 86, 87. So that's when downtown Julie Brown came in. I came in. Uh, Carolyn Heldman, um, Kevin Seal, 
uh, I think we had China, uh, China, who was uh, Grace Slick's daughter. We had Dweezil and, and Moon Zappa. So they were kind of, they were half, they had like quarter contracts. Um, and, and this was right around the time when MTV went to basic cable. Because you have to remember cable, I mean, these days we, you know, we're streaming on the internet. I mean, then it was like cable was television that came through a wire. That was weird. I don't know. How old are you, ma'am? 40. I turned 40 October. Okay. 40. So, so you remember some of this for sure. Oh, yeah. Because I, 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 I went to college for like three years. And the, uh, a girl I knew off campus had HBO. You know, it's like, holy crap, HBO. And you sit there like an Eddie Murphy with his red suit, you know, like, what is going on? And because you didn't see, you didn't hear those words on television. None of that yeah. was taking place. So cable was, was something really spectacular. But no one really knew how to do television on it. And in fact, the word was, it's Mickey Mouse. No, no one's going to run ads on that. No one gives a crap. And it sounds a lot like, you know, every cool technology that has become a mass medium. Right. So I came in at a time when MTV was just exploding. They also had to apply some form of uh, decency censorship on themselves because okay. otherwise, because if you got kicked out of the basic cable package, then you're dead because, mm -hmm. you know, you pay whatever is 20 bucks a month. And of that 20 bucks, you know, you're paying something to ESPN, whether you watch it or not. You know, you're paying something to the MTV network channels, whether you're watching it or not. And that's why I always have these packages and bundles. So they had to stay in that. So, you know, we had certain times we couldn't play certain clips. And that was really from the start, pretty much. Um, but I also came at a time when um, I was able to help commercialize it. Um, you know, so Spring Break, as an example, was not didn't didn't come about as like, oh, there's cool kids in in uh, in Florida. Let's go watch them belly flop and get drunk. No, we went to Budweiser and said, hey, Budweiser, your audience is in Florida. And we want to go there. We want to cover it. And we want to get the Spuds McKenzie boat. And we want to get all the crazy shit we can get and all the promo and all the swag. And we're going to make a big deal. So it was always to sell beer. I mean, and I understood that. I, I, I've always understood that. At the same time, it was a golden age of, um, of, of video because we were breaking all kinds of um, rules, uh, even just, you know, going over the axis. Uh, cinematography uh, from a cinematography, cinematography, cinemat from a film standpoint, <laughs> it's not, a, it, you know, it wasn't allowed. Cinemagraphic, I guess it was. Cin um, so, you know, the, the Dutch windmill tilt, you know, the, this kind of stuff, the Wookiee cam, you know, we, we were just fucking her. And it was just a bunch of people. I worked with the same five people basically on the studio five days a week. And it was two camera people and the stage director we had a teleprompter, which I barely use, but I, I'm quite good at it. And back in the day, it was literally a conveyor belt that, that you had a knob and it moved pieces of paper under a camera. So the camera was, was projected with the mirror on the, uh, on the teleprompter, but it wasn't digital. It was just, you know, and it, Christine, the prompter girl, as we called her, you know, she turned the knob and whoop, whoop, slow down. And that was, it was an analog world, man. It was okay. an analog world. So at the same time, the internet was there. And, and so in 87, I got a Mac Plus and a big 20 megabyte external SCSI hard drive. 20 megabytes. Can you believe it? it was so big? It was like a big thing. And a modem. And I got an AOL and I think uh, CompuServe really was first. I, I mean, I've, I've been building modems since I was 16, well, 14 years old. So I was always kind of into computers. Um, and I heard about this thing, the internet. And it was like, really hard to get on, but all the cool kids were there. So 
you know, I got a slip and or a PPP stack and dialed into a Unix box and then, you know, I could fire up. There's a free web browser, by the way. Mm. Um, so I'd get on IRC channels, news groups, had email. Um, and I noticed right away, it's like, holy crap, the audience is here. Because who had internet access was kids at college, kids in mm. school. They had terminals. And so they were all on that. And they had very different ideas about what the top 20 countdown should be, what the, what the number one video was. So I was taking all that in. And like, and so it, it made it a much richer experience for me um, on MTV. Now we can talk about MTV specifically, because I did a lot of stuff there. Um, but I wanted, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to talk about you purchasing MTV.com. <laughs> okay. Well, then I was on that path already. Okay. So, <laughs> So I'm at MTV and, and I, I'm going home at night. And I'm on the internet. I'm like, this is crazy. And so I set up, uh, to, I set up a, a little, there was a way, there was, there's a function in Unix from the command line. You can finger an account. I know it sounds kind of, kind of weird, <laughs> but you type finger and then you type a name and then it will split back. It'll spit back whatever's in someone's dot plan file. So it's just a way of retrieving a piece of info, like a bio from Ewan, from somebody. And I was publishing like what I called cyber sleaze. I had all these, you know, I was getting stuff from colleges around the country and I was just kind of writing it up so you could finger my account and would, boom, and then it would come back. But I didn't know that put tremendous strain on the resources of the provider I was on. I mean, we're talking, you know, 87 still. And so they said, oh, you can't do that. You know, you should set up a gopher server and go somewhere else, a gopher server. Okay. So I figured out a gopher server, which is command line, kind of a hypertext thing. Where it's a menu-based system. You select a number, and it takes you to another menu and maybe a document. But it could be servers all around the world. And that was really interesting. I thought, that's cool. So I need to set that up. And I found a company uh, in Virginia called Digex. It was a bunch of kind of hackery guys. But they also, I think they probably had like some NSA servers or something. So there's a reason they were in Virginia. And, uh, and they said, oh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get you a headless sun three and we'll set you up with a little box here and you can do your stuff on it. And so I set all that up and I learned how to do that. And they said, well, we need a domain name for it. I said, uh, I don't know, uh, how about mtv.com? Yeah. Okay. So, and then those days you just sent an email to the guy, you, said, you know, you sent, you didn't go to GoDaddy. You sent the, the, the direct email to the GoDaddy guy, the, the guy, I forget his name. I should know. And he would go, oh, okay. And he'd read it and he'd write it in. And I said, and why don't you get curry.com and elvis.com? And I got all these cool domain names. And, uh, but I had mtv.com. And, uh, and so I set up the Gopher server and I had, uh, you know, that kind of running. And I had email, adam at mtv.com. And I got an email from this guy um, in, uh, he was in college in Champaign, Urbana, Illinois. He said, Adam, load this on your box. You'll love it. And uh, it was the HTTP 1.4 or something. And it was the first web server. And with that came the Mosaic browser. And the guy who emailed me was Mark Andreessen. Mm. I'm like, well, okay. I, he was just in college at the time. So I set that up. And like, wow, here's a page. And I can, you know, put in like winky blinky things. I put a little red balls and GIFs. Or was it GIFs? Uh, you know, we could do all this stuff. And I, I could publish like, oh, that's cool. So I do that. And then uh, I did go to MTV. And I said, hey, you know, I'm using this on air. And just so you know, I, I got MTV.com. And is that cool? And like, yeah, no problem. We just secured the AOL keyword. So we're pretty, we're pretty cool with that. We don't think that internet's going to matter that much. I'm like, okay. So, and of course we know which direction each, each platform went. 
And uh, I just had MTV.com, but it got to be, it got to the point where I saw such a future outside of MTV. And I'm like, I, I just got to, I had to, you know, I had a little bit of money. I know I could support my family for you know, a year, at least messing around, trying to figure it out. I had some really good potential partners who were my radio syndicators, Ron Hartenbaum, and Gary Schoenfeld. And I said, well, let's start a company. We're not quite sure what it's going to be yet. We call it OnRamp. And we're going to do something with this commercially. And I quit MTV. I was on air, did the number one video on the top 20 countdown. I said, that's out. I'm out. I see a future on the internet. And that's it. And I left. And, and I, that was literally it. You know, it's like I, I could leave. I wasn't contractually bound to them. Um, then a week later, I got a knock on the door Saturday morning. And it, I was being served and sued over the domain name MTV.com. Which is really weird because if they had said, hey, can we have that back? Like, yeah, of course you could have it back. I, you know, I'd like to keep Adam at MTV.com. That would be cool. I mean, uh, what's her name? Uh, Elvis's uh, wife, um, Priscilla. I got an email from her. She said, I'd really like Elvis.com. I said, okay, no problem. Okay. And I'll give you all the emails that I received from Elvis, or the king at Elvis.com. I had that set up. People would email him all the time. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'll give that to you. And it's no problem. But MTV, I was like, you know, fuck you. Fuck you, you. And so I countersued him, mm. and I and I and I got to I got a publicist, and I played it, David Goliath. I'm like, oh, they're trying to crush me, little internet boy. And I played it, and uh, MTV Networks and Mr. Curry settled out of court. Uh, neither party has any further comment. Oh. And so I started my company with my partners, and <laughs> and we're like, you now and then there's a whole path from there. But that's that mm. was the MTV.com story. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, you know, so anyway, so being a VJ, I mean, it was, I have met so many and spoken with and interacted or interviewed with so many people. Um, I was, I'm blessed. It's, it's been very, very fortunate. You know, also when I was in the Netherlands, it was kind of, you could go to, to our show and you would kind of get exposure all over Europe. Mm -hmm. So they all came through and this is, you know, 80 so from 84 to um, probably, oh, crap, man, 96, 95, 90, maybe 94, I was doing some form of music television and always been doing radio. I love radio. Mm -hmm. So at, at OnRamp, what were some of the goals in the initial stages? Like, what were you guys trying to do? What was the vision? Well, what we had was access to advertisers because these were the guys who syndicated radio shows. And I had Adam Curry's top 30 hit lists brought to you by Pepsi. Uh, and that was syndicated. Okay. That was all around the country. And, and that actually, that was, you know, it was a good income. So we knew that there was something we had to show to these big brands. So we went to um, Reebok and we went to people that we already had a relationship with. So we got to show you this internet thing. And I'd, and man, and we'd have the big cable, the telephone wire, and, uh, and I'd be running to unplug somebody's fax machine and plug it in. And we're in like this, the Reebok CEO's office. Hold on a second. I'm going to jack your fax machine. And we boom, put this you know, big hokey monitor and like <laughs> dial up. I'm going to show you the internet. This is the future. And these people are like, what am I, what am I seeing here? So what is this? What's going on? And who was on here? So we had this, we really pitched it we were evangelizing the internet um and so it it was a very tough sell as you can imagine however yeah. i brought in uh a guy who i met through rick kelman rest in peace rick who was the audio guy at mtv 
And he said, this guy is doing something. You should, you should talk to him. Or he said he should talk to me. It was Ron Bloom, and who uh, was a partner of mine in, in multiple ventures. And um, so Ron moved from Los Angeles to join the company. I, I, I gave him half on a handshake, but we, we knew we wanted to be in business together. But he also came with a relationship with NARIS, the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences, the Grammys. And we went and so we were able to go to Michael Green at the time, who these days would be viewed as problematic. Um, we didn't know that then. Um, there's a little Me Too action going there and there at uh, the Grammys at the time, apparently. Okay. Um, and we said, we're going to do the very first cybercast. And we want you to give us the license to do that. So what's a cybercast? So out comes the computer, plug in the fax line. Now, we also at the time had CUC Me video. If you remember that, it was like one frame a second, kind of mm -hmm. like this postage stamp thing that you could kind of view a little bit. Yeah. Um, and we had, oh, my God, reflectors so more people could watch. And there was, it was very, very early days. Mm. Um, I think Windows 95 had just come out. Uh, mm. This is probably the 96 Grammy Awards. Mm. And uh, they say, um, well, that's very interesting. So we want to do pictures, want to put pictures online, and we want to have people reporting and writing. And, you know, we're going to try a little bit of backstage video. It won't be spectacular, but we can at least it'll look good. I said, okay, that's great. How much are you going to pay us for the license? I mean, we have nothing for you. And so uh, after some foot shuffling, they said, okay, we'll give you the license. You can do that, uh, but you can't go to any of our advertisers. Mm. So they had MasterCard. We went to Visa. Um, uh, and the, the best one was Casio. Casio had just come out with a digital camera that you could insert a memory card into, and then with uh, adapters upon plugs and adapters, you could get the pictures onto your laptop. And we did it. And um, it was, I mean, it was very successful. It looked great. Um, it was, we branded the concept of Cybercast. And so we kind of were expecting things to happen. Like, are we going to do live events or what'll be next? And the phone was not ringing until about three days later. Uh, the phone goes and uh, I pick it up. Say, yes, this is Bob McCauley from Anheuser-Busch. Do you have a sales department or something? Is someone I can talk to? Yeah, hold on a second, Mr. McCauley. <laughs> Hi, this is uh, Adam Curry, on-ramp sales department. He said, look, I'm here at Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch, and we really like what you guys were doing, and we want to talk. So come to St. Louis. We went to St. Louis, and they said, we want to have Budweiser.com, BudLight.com. We want to have our sports shit on there. We want how to make beer, how we make beer. We want to have the whole thing. And we went, you bet. I mean, this was up to, you know, August Bush the third level. I mean, it was, so you had Woody and Grinder. We know all of their nicknames. And they were a great partner. And they were, I mean, and this is a lockdown monogram, you know, type uh, shirt company. Mm -hmm. And we were kind of coming in as the hacker boys and integrating into their culture. But we, uh, we had a great time with them. And I, mm -hmm. I'm very proud of the work we did. And so from that came planetreebok.com. I mean, uh, we did like a site, we did like a, a chat with Shaq, you know, at it, like 100 years ago. <laughs> and you know like an irc chat and we and it was like whoa we're gonna do an irc chat you're like what the hell is that well you log in here and you know and we took pictures so all of this really rudimentary stuff that now we almost take for granted once the internet really once we got broadband oh man look at what we're, look at what we're doing right now to me in, in my lifetime it's it's i mean it's fucking crazy i mean yeah. I, you know how did, it, how did how did anheuser bush find you how did they uh, hear about what you guys they, are doing? They'd seen the the cybercast. They saw the cybercast of the Grammy and the, some of the marketing around it. 
So uh, they may have even I don't I don't think they sponsored the, the actual show, but you know, this, these are so you, you guys, guys know what's going on. You guys went ahead, launched this show without any sponsors and just a licensing from the Grammys, basically. Well, we, we so we got a little money from Visa, okay, and, and we got a little bit of money and camera and equipment from Casio. That was okay. that, Casio was really a, the main sponsor, and you know they were giving us a lot of gear. Okay. Um, we came out and you know, we we pulled a T one line into the Shrine Auditorium. That's a joke these days. These days, yeah. fucking fiber. Yeah. We had to order the line. A T1 that's one megabit per second. That's yeah. about one, you know, one thousandth of what you have it on your fiber. Yeah. <laughs> we had to have that pulled in two weeks in advance. Yeah, it was good times, man. So, 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 how do you sell something that doesn't exist to a company like Visa and Casio, right? Because these advertisers want access to eyes. They want viewers, right? And yes. you guys technically don't have any viewers yet, right? Oh, my. So we went through the the great hit scandal of the 90s. And that was when people were just getting running with uh, with web servers. And, of course, the marketing department would say, so how are we doing? How do we measure the success here? And we mm -hmm. look at the server log and say, well, we got 800,000 hits. Which of course, you know, is every element on the page and everything. And so before we knew it, we had to we had to like do damage control because someone at Reebok had put out eight hundred thousand people are on our website. And I know, hold on a second, we got to do something. <laughs> so we came up with, uh, you know, the, the regular web stats. Um, but what we did, and as an entrepreneur, I think you'll appreciate it. We we would we would always name something special and sell it as a service. So instead of saying, "Here's your stats," we'd say. We have the uh, what we call ASAP, the Advanced Statistical Analysis Package, which is, and uh, so we give them the same stats, but then we go, we talk about their goals and what do you want and you know where do we need to focus. Uh, on, so we would help interpret it for them, mm. and of course, and these are the days when you could easily ask for uh, ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars a month in maintenance fees, which was of course the server, but you know stuff had to be updated. I mean, it's not we didn't have WordPress. You know, mm. it was like coding. it was hand coding yeah. and we had to have workflows and, you know, sign off. At one point, this grew to a company and we acquired a whole bunch of companies and took it public. Um, and uh, right. and that became um, Think New Ideas. And we right. had 700 people. I mean, it was it was crazy. We had New York, L.A., Atlanta, London, San Francisco, Boston, uh, Bulgaria. We had a little outfit when we acquired a company there. took it public on NASDAQ. You know, this was even before the big money, <laughs> we raised, I think, $17 million, um, which was, you know, that's, we didn't need anymore, but it was, you know, it was way before the, uh, the, the billion dollar valuations. And, and of course, after the, the uh, underwriters and the lawyers left, you know, we're like, oh, we have $12 million left. Okay. <laughs> what happened to that 5 million? That was the fastest 5 million we ever spent. Um, but yeah, we 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 um, when I left and we merged it with another company. Actually, my partner went on to merge it with another company. Uh, we had a run rate of four hundred fifty million dollars a year, and this is uh, 2000, uh, 2000, 99, 2000. So, and we, yeah, we did okay. We and we, we were profitable, um, but right. it, it's really weird, you know, taking a company public. I'm so happy that I was a part of that, but on the other hand, never again. You know, you spend three months figuring out how much money you made or lost and how you're going to explain that to shareholders. And then you do that. And then you got to turn around and start thinking about the next quarterly report. You know, it's like, what, how do, how would I get any work done? 
Yeah, yeah. But, um, it was a good time. So yeah, I, my expertise is in marketing. So uh, I'm just going to geek out a little bit here. I want to understand the the workings behind how you were selling the analytics, right? So you were not only giving these people access to your platform and your viewers, but you're also charging them to understand and set up their internet presence. No, we we were we were really doing it for them. So um, we we would build their world, but we did it soup to nuts, all the right. content creation, because no one, no one knew what to do. So we were okay. inventing a whole sector. So there was a, se- a separate business model within the company just to... That became the business. That became the business. We oh. integrated all the entertainment elements that we had. So we were doing cybercast for Budweiser racing team. We were doing, you know, uh, we did, uh, this is one of my favorite. We did the uh, Molson Ice Polar Beach Party. Okay. And so we had a promotion and you could enter the promotion and we took, I think, 100, 100 150 winners, Metallica, mm. uh, Courtney Love and Hole, Veruca Salt to the North Pole. And we cyber and we streamed that shit from the North Pole. And we had uh, we had a uh, we it's called a, a mux. So we, we would make sure we had 12 or 24 phone lines and we had this flight case and you plug all the phone lines in. And then, you know, it converts them all together on our end and then, you know, brought it back at our office. So we had a version we could see. We could actually do some live video and audio. And it mm. was nuts. We were up there for a week in Tuktoyoktuk, Northwestern mm. Territories, and with Metallica. It was, it was bizarre. And so we did that mm. for uh, Molson Ice. Mm. Uh, and so we, we were integrating all of our entertainment and burgeoning technology skills because this shit was being invented as we speak. You know, it mm. was it was it was happening mm. i mean there were no css didn't exist back then <laughs> <laughs> right okay <laughs> didn't have that kind of stuff yeah so so it was really developing an industry and um so what happened is we you know our competitors were agency.com razorfish um a number of these companies and omnicom uh you know you kind of have two big companies omnicom or wpp john wren the the ceo chairman he came and said, I want to buy you and I want to roll you up into this, uh, into what we're going to call the communicate group. Uh. And we said, no, 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 we don't want to be in the group of those guys. We'd love to work with you. So why don't you take 15% of our company pre IPO? Uh-huh. Uh, and then we'll be a part of your group, but we'll be our own entity. And so he, he begrudgingly went along with that. But I had to say, yeah, the Omnicom relationship was extremely good very beneficial the quality people uh, what, it, work, what work with a lot of their agencies what did that do for you did it expand your reach or something or yeah, capabilities gave us, gave us clients you know gave us access to clients we became you know the kind of the the i guess now you'd call it the interactive agency of record um so we'd work alongside with or behind the scenes or sometimes up front you know right. um and uh, so we wound up really <laughs> also producing commercials for the super bowl for oracle um, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It wow. was, it was, it was a fantastic time. It was, uh, so, uh, I, I like to just learn. So I, I, I may like hammer down on this too much, but you let me know if I'm bugging you. Um, hey man, I got all so night for you. I appreciate that. So you're creating marketing campaigns. You're creating ex experiential experiences and, 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 and real life marketing campaigns and you're handling, they're onboarding to the internet. Now, 
when you work with some these big corporations, you're handling onboarding to internet. Is it solely for the Molson Ice activation or is it for, you know, Anheuser-Busch, the company, you're handling all of their onboarding to the internet? Very good question. So not the actual, not connecting the company, you know, not physically giving them internet, but integrating a new, something new into their culture. Okay. Um, so that they were thinking that way. And I'll give you an example. And this really, when we, when this happened, uh, Budweiser really woke, or Anheuser Busch really woke up. I think I think they're fantastic, and I I'm, I applaud them again for having vision, and and especially Robert McCauley. He just he he understood very well what was going down. Um, uh, so we we were doing we decided more building their website. That you know we were saying okay, the audience is not just the audience on the other side of the TV anymore. These fuckers want to talk back. They want to have interaction. And I say that lovingly, they want to, they want to be a part of your brand. I mean, look at how dedicated people are. They wear your t-shirts, you know, they, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle. There's a lot going on. Yeah. So we have to treat them the same way online now that we have that capability. So the first thing is we want to give them something to do that connects them. And we had seen that, uh, cause we did this whole process of how the beater is made and we all, we documented it all with, and, you know, talk to their, uh, their Brewmaster, he's a different name. Um, and, and, and on every barcode, uh, the, on every bottle or can, there's a barcode. And we learned that that barcode, if you can interpret it, shows you down to the quarter hour when that beer was, came off the assembly line. So we said, oh, well, that's cool. Tell us how the barcode works. And we created a little widget on, uh, um, on the website that said, find out your beer's born on date. Mm. And so you would type that in like, oh, my beer was born a week and a half ago. Mm. Well, today, if you pick up a bottle or a can of Budweiser, you will see right above that barcode, born on date. Wow. So they, they took what happened online and they, and they took it back into their world. And just, and so, I, you know, you can see, you know, I think companies like Budweiser, but also Red Bull, you know, they get it. These are really active lifestyle brands, but also mm. we had, um, I think they're now owned by uh, Procter. Maybe they're owned by Procter and Gamble, uh, Tampax, mm. uh, Tam Brands, and so they had a very different mission. But they wanted to integrate. There's a lot of things when it comes to uh, to feminine hygiene, which I've learned. So first, we branded it by this is Tampax.com, the website you'll want to visit more than once a month, and it has. It was actually on there. They went along with it. They got it. We had, we had uh, the doctor, I forget her name. She was a uh, psychologist, medical doctor. Oh, my gosh. She's kind of like a Dr. Ruth kind of uh, personality. Okay. And, you know, it's like, what, what is the difference between a tampon versus uh, a pad? And, you know, these are choices from the marketing standpoint. You want your customer to choose your type of product over a different type of product as early as possible in their life. Right. And also... Uh, I'm a boy. How do I deal with this? What is it? You know, so it was educational aspect. This had never been done before. Mm -hmm. So it was, you know, and they loved it. They, the brands had a great time. Now what happened with Reebok, uh, they wanted a forum. Okay. So we're going to help you with that because you're going to run into some stuff. What do you want? You'll see. So of course, the first question on the forum, well, how about all those kids who are gluing your shoes together in China? So, <laughs> and so you know, they, they have their own counter programming for that already, which is the human rights now campaign. And, you know, the, so we said, so, oh, should we take it down? Should we take that? Should we take the comment down? And, no, bro. No, no, no. We're going to, we're going to show you 
how you speak back to your customers when they have a question or something to say. Mm-hmm. And, and your answer is going to be, well, look at, this is what we're doing about here. And you got to be transparent and you'll learn. You'll learn that you need to be transparent. In an interesting way, what's happening today with the financing of um, Black Lives Matter, Inc., not the movement, Black Lives Matter, Inc., is uh, a perverted version of that. Mm. Now, mm. Um, where there's a lot of, a lot of corporate money going into... I think probably because they're just ignorant going ultimately into nonprofits that bail people out of jail. I mean, that's basically it. You know, that's, it's all these little, um, it's called, um, so, uh, a, a 5013 C nonprofit corporation can have a fiscal sponsorship. So we have that in Austin, this guy named Chad and it's the justice co ju- the Austin justice coalition. And, you know, he talks a big game, but the money donated to him goes toward getting people out of jail who were just thrown in jail for rioting, Mm. you know? So it's not necessarily, you know, you put that seal of approval on it. It's like, hey, of course, Black Lives Matter. Everyone feels the movement, Mm. but Black Lives Matter Inc. is something else that I think needs to be scrutinized. And so Mm. these companies are now it's easy to just put a poster up or say, yeah, I agree, or I'm down with that, or we're hip to it, we're woke, um, Wakanda, everybody, whatever they fucking say in the boardroom. And, uh, you know, what's the next item? Oh, we need to do white fragility. Hold on a second, let's get some classes for that. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of a never-ending pit, in my, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, so I'm going to be a, a bit selfish with this interview and continue to probe your mind for information sure, surrounding business you know because businesses that's why i revolve yeah. my life you know now. you can always call me on the saturday afternoon if you just want to shoot the shit we don't have to do it on camera all the time uh, don't say that because I'll, <laughs> I'll take you up on that that's fine, that's fine that's fine uh how did you package these these deals were these packages uh pre-made for these companies like did you say all right we have you know bronze package platinum package or was it like hey you know come let's have a meeting sit down figure out what you need and then we'll yeah, you know, the, the latter like that. that the latter, because these were big companies, you know, you, this was not really the package days, you know, you couldn't buy an e commerce server, everything had to kind of be custom made, um, you know, design, uh, we had rooms full of designers, rows of people doing HTML code, Java, you know, uh, Java, first we had Java, and later we started to get some JavaScript. Um, you know, which really was used more for interactive page flash. Oh my goodness. Flash everybody doing lots of flash pages. Um, You know, and then of course just dealing with handholding. So we'd get, you know, you get a company like AT&T and they're very strict with the color of their blue and, uh, and the placement of a logo. Uh, So, you know, you get a frantic call from the head of marketing saying, the lo- the logo is is too close to the bar at the top of the screen. Well, you can scroll. Oh, okay, um, that made that help, but it's the wrong color. Well, what what's your monitor like? And you have to explain. Well, you know, and this is pre high definition monitors. Well, you got two hundred fifty six colors, and we you, we can come in and calibrate it so you'll see it. And and actually, no, we can't actually get the exact color of your logo in, with today's technology for most people. Right. So and they paid us for that. Wow. You know, and so the way the company always worked, and I'll be really honest, is whether we needed a sell or a crisis management, because we, we mess stuff up all the time. I mean, this is internet. Hey, you know, something went down. <laughs> you know, why am I not up? Well, it was hard to explain. And why is it an hour, you know, et cetera. 
So that's when they'd call me in. <laughs> and MTV guy, put on the jacket, get the hair. Hey, everybody, let me tell you what's going on here. I'll fix this. So um, now besides, I, I ran the, the technology for the company as the chief technology officer. But uh, really, a lot of the executive time was spent uh, doing that which I enjoyed, you know, it's kind of monkey boy dance, but I understand, you know, it, yeah. it, it, uh, the MTV exposure did me well and paid off many years later. So, and wow. to this day, there's always somebody, he can have a suit and tie on, yeah. you know, yeah. and, then he, and he figures out MTV and like rips it open, Metallica t-shirt on, you know, like headbang his ball. Right. So how do you, how do you, um, how do you make that decision? Right. Say, instead of selling, I'm going to go IPO, right. Is this, was it a group decision, some pressure, or did, you know, because you had to look at that check of the buyout and say, that's kind of pretty enticing, right? Yeah, um, I, I don't think I've ever done anything for the money. Uh, no, I, that's pretty clear because I, I've gone very up and very down, and, and now I figured out I get what I deserve, and I'm very happy, and that's, mm. that's how it seems to work. You know, you get exactly what you deserve. Um, so it was always for the fun. I do recall the conversation with my partner. We said, well, here's the choices we have. You know, we couldn't be a part of this. And, you know, yes, uh, it was Felice Kincannon, I think. Felice Kincannon, who was running the Kincaid Group, you know, she would be technically be our boss, and she was nice and everything. But, you know, we were entrepreneurs, so we just started a company to be our own, our own men. And now when you think taking it public, you know, you really have no idea what comes into play and who who comes into uh, to bitch at you once that happens because you have shareholders. Um, but for sure, as entrepreneurs and as a young man, I'm like, who the fuck wouldn't want to go public? I want to ring that bell. No, there's no bell on Nasdaq. I don't care. Give me a bell. I'm ringing it. You know. So um, a lot of that, that was it. Was it was a, a selfish decision? But also, I think we had. Um, we had a lot of people who had helped really hard and worked really hard along the way. Um, and we wanted to give them a piece of the upside and not just, you know, like some payout based upon a sale. Mm. Um, and I, we always felt that way. Uh, and I've always felt that way. It, it just doesn't work if you don't give everybody uh, a piece of it. In fact, uh, so we had our IPO was blue. Uh, we went from open to set. First, it was pricing the night before. And of course, the underwriter's like, oh, no, no, the price is at $6, $7 is wrong. And if you understand how that pricing works, and it's all backroom bullshit, and it's Wall Street, it's crazy ass. We walked away. We're, we're not doing the deal. We walked out. You know, like, it's all theater. The phones are ringing. And, you know, like, come back, you know, do, do, do business with you. And, uh, but the thing, the problem was, we, <laughs> as part of our Omnicom investment, um, we had to guarantee, we had to say, okay, um, you invested for 15% at this price. So we had to open at $7. Otherwise, we put our largest shareholder underwater at the IPO. This is not a happy, a happy thing. Right. So we opened, we hit the tape late. So we opened, didn't open until like 11 or something. And it went from 7 to 7.25 to 7.17. So you settled like at 7, <laughs> 7 to 7. And then, you know, it drifted down a bit. And so the options that everybody had were underwater. And, and this was, we didn't have. They let you trade options that early? Well, option, uh, options. Uh, oh, oh, the options, options for the, right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah, so Exercise the employee, of the options. Employees right. had options, right. But the strike price was, guess what? Seven. So oh. now underwater. So we actually um, put ours on the line to make everybody whole 
for the dip the first week on the IPO. Because mm. we just wanted, every, you know, everyone's feeling it, but we can help a little bit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's always, you, you take a company public and you sell it. And then at the end of the day, you look down and it's like, I got that for it? Oh, and that was the first time around. <laughs> first time around. Okay, yeah. so um, still geeking out here because this is the life, you know, I live. Um, so you go IPO. Um, you said IPO life is is very annoying because you're just having to deal with, you know, finance and numbers the entire time. Um, well, it's it's the problem is projection. Yeah. So Wall Street does not care what you say. If I say I'm going to lose a dollar a share and I lose a dollar a share, good quarter, Adam. If I lose a dollar and a penny a share, furious outrage. Interestingly, if I did 99 cents uh, uh, loss, so actually better, people would also be pissed off. You can't predict right. Why, why were you off? They don't care if it's up or down because their investments are made on the up or down side uh. and to certain degrees. So um, you have to be able to predict and project. Mm. And, if you, and if you can't do that, then that's when you get punished. So you really have to be on the money as much as you can, no matter what it is. They only want honesty. And there's very little of it, I'm afraid to say. The shenanigans I've seen were fucking interesting. Yeah, I know. Let me get into some super chats. We're going to come right back. If there's anything that pops I can respond to, just cut me off. Uh, Brody McFarlane, what up, Brody? He said, this is dope. Thank you, bro. Big Wait, Elvis. I'm, I'm not on the rate right page. You got to find the right page. Oh, yeah. You got to get to the other chat. Put that in my, put that, slide into put, my DM, Hotep. <laughs> hold on. It's coming to your DM right now. Okay. Hold on. Hold on let's let's see. Is the Cummings. first interview I've arranged completely on the Twitter DM. <laughs> uh, this is it here? The one you just sent? Oh, yeah. Another? You got it already. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there we go. There we go. All right. Um, so, what's the super chat biz? How does that work? They basically pay to uh, participate. Nice. How much? Yeah. Whatever they want. Nice. It doesn't matter what you what you want to sh- what you want to. Nah, spend. as long as as long as yeah, I I think I think the highest we've ever gotten was like maybe two hundred or something like that. Really? From one person? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. How yeah it is. And, and that's and is that per per line you send or just you you do it you give them once and then you're in. Um. Well, once for every chat. So if you want to, you know, type it up, right, hit right enter for this for this chat, but not for every line you send. Well, there's the public chat, which is free, and then yeah. you got the super chat and those. Yeah, yeah I'm talking about the super for, chat. Yeah, each right. line. Yeah, each each line. line? Is, nice. Yeah, that should that should be done with some kind of crypto, with like Bitcoin or something, Bitcoin Lightning or something. I think they do that on D Live. Sweet, yeah. I love that shit. I love that. Yeah, it's we're the future, talk crypto. man. That's the future. That's the future, right there. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk crypto, too. Hell yeah. Um, Big Elvis, uh, the chef Rosenberg, $10 super chat. He said, respect yes. to the podfather and Mo Fax. <laughs> He's a big Mo Fax uh, supporter. He's one of our producers over there. Oh, yeah. Um, Eli, 199 super chat. Adam, uh, you seen the Red Bar video of you? Your opinion? What's the Red Bar video? No idea what that is. Chad Lemoyne, 499 Super Chat. He said, Adam Curry trying to sound like one of the Wright brothers described in an airplane. I love hearing all about this stuff I've forgotten existed. <laughs> I also I also have a helicopter license. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's sick. 
Yeah, yeah. I flew quite a bit of helicopters and uh, and airplanes. Yeah. Okay. You are. The helicopter is nice for guys like us. You know, it's like it's like totally something technical. You know, everyone can kind of fly an airplane, but yeah. to do, do the helicopter, just the hovering, and you know, it's a, once you're flying, it's like an airplane. But the in and out, and it, it's. I mean, honestly, it's fucking badass. You step out. Of, you step out of a Cessna. It's like uh, okay. Yeah, he's got a cute little thing there. You step out of you step out of a rotary wing aircraft. People are like, oh yeah, oh yeah. He, then the jacket makes sense. You know, I just flew that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love <laughs> it. And you can be flying even even a Robinson Twenty Two looks cool as a helicopter compared to any other any other you know uh, personal aviation uh, or any aircraft. It's the best. I love oh, yeah. it. It got yeah. little foot pedals and stuff. You got to do that yeah. too, right? Yeah. Well, it's all it's all four limbs. So you you got your feet and then your uh, cyclic on the left, which is um, uh, changing the pitch of the blades up so you go power up or down. You also. Have, um, it depends on what, what you're flying. Uh, there'll be a throttle on the cyclic. So it's kind of like this. <laughs> this yeah. is flying a helicopter. Because, um, you know, everything has to move in tandem because you're, you know, all these forces change as you're lowering or as you're uh, descending or as you're, um, as you're ascending. Any, any opinions on the Kobe Bryant crash? Yeah, I analyzed that um, very closely. And just um, uh, to, to cut straight to the chase, this is a very, so it's, first of all, very sad. And um, it's even, and this is why I jump on this stuff right away, because I, I, you know, I'm, I'm in touch with the, with the aviation community, and I've read a lot of, of, uh, of incident reports, and, but certainly from helicopters, I know what works and what doesn't. And the worst thing you can get is a whiteout. And what people have to understand is whether you're in um, a regular plane or a helicopter, doesn't matter. If you're flying by hand and all of a sudden you can't see outside, even the most experienced pilot, there's some guys who train for it and can do it, but if they haven't trained for three months, they lose it. And, and women too, quite honestly. Um, you can be flying upside down within 30 seconds and you won't even know it. You won't even fucking know it. Mm. It's, it's, it's spatial disorientation. And, and so if you don't have instruments now, if you have your instruments and you, and you know how to use them, you go straight for your instruments, you're, you're going to be okay. If you're in a situation where you have a large helicopter, you've got a lot of VIP passengers, um, you know, the weather is shit. You know, you have to divert. You've been circling around for 15 minutes before taking this path through the Canyon. Um, so there's a lot, you know, there's stress, there's uh, fatigue. There's a lot of negatives already. Even though the guy's very, very experienced, he went into a situation where he, he just hit some mist. His instruments, he just couldn't get to him on time. I think he actually banked up and over and back, and it was no one. I'm so here's the happy part from my analysis. Almost no one knew what, what was coming. It was over real quick. No long ride down. You know, this was up, backflip, bound, done. Mm. Um, no sabotage. What should have happened is the flight should have never taken place. And it's very hard. Um, I, uh, I had a point, had a helicopter, had an aviation company, at least, uh, and fractional ownership. And we had the Augusto 109E Power, which is a six-passenger uh, twin jet engine, um, can fly IFR, so can fly on, uh, on instruments. But I had um, uh, naval pilots, 
So Marines had a female pilot. She was a Marine. She was an outstanding pilot. And they were outstanding because they didn't give a shit if they had to say no. Mm. And that's what I wanted from then. Mm. When, it's, when, it's, when it's not right, you tell me no. And right. if it's right, I'll be fine. Right. And, and there was one guy I remember because no, he was a part of the team up in uh, England. Um, I've forgotten his name for a moment. But he, Pete Barnes, rest in peace. Uh, Pete was kind of a hot, a hot rod guy. And he filled in once for one of my guys and he did something on takeoff, something, you know, there was actually little smoke coming out of the, out of the dashboard out of the, in the cockpit because something, a, a fuse had blown. It was on a transponder, which, you know, isn't you pull it out. It's no big deal. Um, but that meant that so he lied to the tower and said, oh, yeah, our transponder just broke. But, you know, because he really shouldn't have taken off with, with that happening. And so I thought, no, that's not the guy because he was doing it to impress me. And about three years ago, if you recall, there was an Augusta helicopter in London and it hit a crane and crashed and killed, killed someone on the ground. That was mm. Pete Barnes. And he had no business being out there in that weather. So, mm. you know, it, that's, that's the, the hardest part of flying is when to say no. Mm, mm, mm. Damn. Um, I was under the impression that uh, a pilot such as one with uh, Kobe would be able to fly with instruments. I guess instruments weren't going to help him in that no, instance. It, but, but so flying with instruments, uh, in, so I have to separate the issues. One is where you're under guidance and you're being given vectors. And so you're being, you know, you're being led by uh, radio communication on the traffic path. control. Yeah. From track from traffic control, but you, you do control the, on the glide path. What I'm talking about is pure, the, the gauges in the cockpit that show right. your horizon. So your picture, y'all. Right. So when, if you've been, remember pilot fatigue and he's by himself, and, you know, he's been circling, it's shit weather, circling for 15 minutes, you know, already had the flight, they're late for the game, VIP passengers, you're stressing, uh, all of a sudden, you don't expect in that canyon, the clouds to come up on you. And then even if you've got your instruments, and you, your, your gaze on them right away, where the fuck am I? Is there a mountain right there? To my left? Is it to my right? Was it behind me? I've got to pull up. How far do I have to pull up? Was there something mm. ahead of me? You can't see it anymore so now mm. you don't know and mm. you're trapped in the canyon it's horrible mm. but they should not have left mm. and you and that's the person you want flying you is the person who has no problem saying i don't care it's mm. your grandma's funeral i'm really sorry i'm not mm. going to make another one how would i sound to you if i said uh something like uh they killed kobe no would... no 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 and i'm all about the conspiracies man for sure all about you could talk to me about all but i'm a conspiracy therapist so i really do analyze stuff yeah. and uh from the data i have which is the official data okay which is the same kind of data which makes me question 9-11 we don't have to talk about that here at all but when it comes to uh pilots for 9-11 truth um there's some a lot of anomalies that need to be looked at so but it's that same data mm. i believe the same data mm. so what, what do you know about 9-11 that I don't know from a point, pilot point of view? Um, Pentagon, mainly. Uh, so one is the flight paths. Um, 
Pilots for 9-11 Truth have taken the best pilots they can find and asked them to fly the same trajectory into the towers, and none of them can do it. In a simulation. In a simulator. We can't do it. They try it. They can't do it. Um, they try to fly the aircraft at the height indicated by the NTSB data, at the speed indicated, and they can't because the wings would come off. So something was flying much faster at that altitude than the aircraft they're talking about. So that's just stuff that is uh, open questions. And that's stuff that I actually understand. I don't know about metal beams. I don't know about steel. I don't know about uh, thermite. I don't know about explosions. I don't know about demolitions. I do know the BBC said that Building 7 had gone down 20 minutes before it did. It was in the actual background of the shot. That I know. These are things I know, but I don't know anything much else. But the, the aviation stuff, yeah. Even the height of the, of the plane in the Pentagon, from the data, it looks like it actually passed 500 feet overhead. So <laughs> there's all kinds of questions about that. So the data is a problem, and it's the, it's the official data. It's the yeah, NTSB it's, data. The, from the, the, are you saying that the NT, NTSB data is, uh, has been fudged, has been manipulated, or is giving us data on some other aircraft? No, well, no, the, the conclusions that are taken from it are different than what the data show. The data mm. shows... Uh, Okay, well, so the data shows this is the flight path, the exact flight path of these types of aircraft. Okay. Uh, the conclusion that we do with that data is no pilot can fly it. Changing trajectories and then aiming it and then coming down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, you mm. can find it's on YouTube, Pilots for 9-11 Truth, and it's pilotsfor911truth.org. I don't belong to any other organization. So were there planes that hit the towers? I, I don't know. I mean, I can only guess, and there's all kinds of things I could say, but that's a hole we could go down, my friend. I closed that door a long time ago oh. and decided to just move forward and try and make the world better. Um, there's lots of things still at play oh. um, that people are working on in that regard, and I'm happy oh. about that, and I support oh. them if, you know, if they're not happy with conclusions. Oh. Um, you know, there's still 28 missing pages that just kind of was released and we heard about, oh yeah, maybe a couple other countries were involved or Saudis or whatever. I mean, that's, but it doesn't get talked about. So it doesn't, does it really exist, but it's out there. I mean, it's, yeah. 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 All right. Um, enough about 9-11 to get back to these super chats. Um, Aztec Mega, he said, uh, joined in late. Going to catch the replay. Just want to ask Adam Curry if you could talk about the digital dollar that he was trying to talk about on Rogan. Yeah, we're going to talk <laughs> about that. We're going to do a whole talk on 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 crypto. Um, uh, Teresa ZG said, uh, please, at some point, Adam, talk about some of the stuff you're going to say on Rogan. He had not keep interrupting you. COVID, government, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, I, I watched it. <laughs> well, let's uh, hold on. Let me let me get prepared for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I uh, watched the okay. Rogan interview today. And uh, I took notes on everything that um, was not complete and some of the things I want to talk about. And she covered those. So, yeah, we're definitely going to talk about that stuff. And, and like I'd, like to, I'd like to say that, you know, Joe and I spoke since that interview and uh, he called me and uh, and we both had an apology to make. And I just want you to know that what happened was such a weird uh, collection of circumstances where we really were a little off frequency and not in sync. And part of that was. Um, decided we're not going to smoke anything on air. That's just too rude. You can't come into 
into Texas or the California. It's illegal still in Texas. So oh, yeah. we're working on it. You know, we'll get, we'll get there. Texas will get there. Um, so let's not be, let's not be the assholes who do that. Okay. Um, so we smoked a, a blunt beforehand. Now you have to know that Joe had just been moving. So he'd been crazy stressed. He hadn't smoked anything for a week or two. The studio wasn't working. So we're actually waiting for two and a half hours and Jamie's running around trying to fix everything. And yeah, and I'm calm. I'm like, I'm doing test two. Does it work, Jamie? Okay, test two. One, two. And we're like figuring shit out. Um, so at a certain point, I said, look, the headphones don't work. So let's just do Yeah, I noticed without- you guys didn't have headphones. Yeah. Right. But this was actually a huge problem. And sub- subconsciously, so that's why I have them on now. I'm focused on you. I'm honed in on you. And, you know, it's different when you hear, when the, you're in a space, especially if you're used to conversing this way. So, and, and we both agreed, like, that was weird. And that made it a different type of conversation. Adam and, and Joe might be sitting down and Joe's just, you know, a little stoned and, and we're just whacked for a minute, whatever. But, and I was way focused. I'm like, oh, okay, I want to talk about uh, Fed now. I want to talk about ADOS. And I got all this podcast index, save the world. And so that was my, my trip was like, focus. And, and so then take all of that together with, the jarring experience for the Joe Rogan experience fan of the red studio. So you put all that shit together and it looks like we're inside, you know, some kind of tunnel of love and it ain't working, you know? So it just, you know, the shots weren't right. Although my camera looked great. The the shots weren't perfect. It didn't have depth. I mean, just a whole bunch of things. Uh And people have such high expectations um, that, and I, you know, we didn't, the, the expectations weren't managed, but anyway, Joe called me, uh, we hugged that out because we both thought like, you know, we can do better, but he said, I, I want to do a do-over. I said, great. We'll do, you know, so we'll do it in, in the future. Um, yeah. And yeah, he's, he's a good guy. He really is. And he I is. think this, I think what's going on right now is, uh, um, maybe new for him. What with the moving and at Spotify and Just all that? Just the the controversy because when you're really a sweet, nice guy, and and I, I have a, I I don't know him that well, but I I feel he's he's a, lives a bit protected, which is partially by his own design. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, celebrity lifestyle in Hollywood removes you from certain things, oh, yeah. and then when all of a sudden all this shit comes down on you, and you're like, but I'm a nice guy. I'm I'm not really an asshole and if take things in context mm-hmm. of how I say them. And everyone knows what he's doing there, but you know, of course money came into play mm-hmm. like big money mm-hmm. and, and he's doing okay. As far as I know, there's, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with Joe Rogan and, uh, in the money department. So, you know, and then, and then you get us off frequency and the, the red tunnel of love. And I think just people went, what? And I don't, and I'm amazed if anyone got through all of it, because uh, mm-hmm. we did, we did circle around to some of these topics later, but anyway, um, I'm really proud of Joe and I, I, you know, what he's doing is it's an, it's another frontier he's breaking through. It's a different direction than I'm interested in, but mm-hmm. it's one that a lot of people, you know, deserve to, to achieve if they want that. I, I, I like the new look over the, the red curtain that he had before. Like this one feels more futuristic, more today, you know, or... I like it too, but it was just shocking. You know, people weren't ready to, they expected, Oh, it's just going to be the kind of the same old man cave and, what is this? So, and then, and then uh, what are these guys doing? And Joe's interrupting him and, and you know, all that and stuff. Yeah, I had so. the whiskey going too. Yeah, we did have the whiskey going, but th- that was, that wasn't all that much. And we just had, he was 
just a little, just nipping along. It was good. Oh, okay. That helped us. And we were not drunk or anything like that. Hey, come on, we're yeah. professionals. Come on, man. Give us a little credit right. here. Smoking <laughs> a long time, brother. <laughs> um, Mo Facts. Oh, Mo Facts is in the building. $5 super chat for Mo Facts. Mo Facts, you are. Drop my Mo Facts coin here in the super chat. Yeah. <laughs> hey. I got to um, tell you this Mo Facts story, man. Okay, go ahead. So I was on my honeymoon a year and a half ago, and uh, my wife and I were in Portugal. And um, at the time on the No Agenda show, um, I'd heard this thing about DOS. I think it was, you know, I'm always scanning everything. And it was like Joy Reid and someone was bitching about these Russian bots. And, and if anyone tweets anything about descendants of slavery or DOS, whatever, and, and like, so I'm just trying to figure now because I, I look at I, I'm, I'm a researcher, you know, I really I love researching stuff. So I'm mm -hmm. looking at this and trying to figure it out. And I get a DM from Mofax and Mofax says, hey, man, if you got some time, let me explain, explain this DOS to you or a DOS. And so we, which I'd never heard of American descendants of slavery uh, other than what, you know, there were supposed to be Russian bots or bullshit. So he starts uh schooling me a bit and it's very interesting and we're just going back on dm in fact it's so interesting and i'm showing my wife i'm like look at this listen to this guy what he's telling me. It's all the stuff i don't fucking know about I just have i'm just i just don't know he has a whole different experience um and we're even on the plane flying back i'm dming on the plane with him so at a certain point i'm sick of this shit i said all right man you got to call me tomorrow so we talk and mo lives in uh, northern virginia and you know, he has 8,000 kids. No, I'm kidding. He has four, <laughs> four kids. Um, he's, he's ADOS, if that wasn't obvious. And, and, he, and we just start exchanging um, ideas and information. But he's really giving me an education in growing up ADOS. Okay. And just, you know, and a lot of cultural stuff that, surprise, surprise, is different. Yeah. And, and like, duh. So... And, and we start doing this uh, once a week and we just chat and we're talking through stuff and, you know, talking through opportunity zones and, you know, and look at what Jay-Z is really doing. And, you know, he's, he's giving me some insight and then he starts dropping this boule on me. I'm like, boule? Said, All right, man. Let me, what's this boule shit? I'm liking that. And, you know, he's like, okay. And so now I'm like, oh, I see. You got a whole separate Illuminati uh, wing here, the boule. Okay. Yeah. To, and, and so, you know, I'm a conspiracy therapist, so I'm, I'm into that, and I can totally see it, and I hear what he's saying, and he tells me this stuff like, do you know the historically black colleges, uh, you know, they had the paper bag test. I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, you wouldn't be admitted if you were, had, your skin was darker than a, a brown paper bag. Hmm. And I'm like, at, at a black college. He says, yeah. Says, Are you fucking kidding me? Mm -hmm. He says, oh, you have no idea. Mm -hmm. So who started those colleges? Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Bunch of white guys? So... Anyway, and he starts talking about Malcolm X. And, I, and, I, and of course, I grew up Martin Luther King, Dr. King. You know, that's pretty much all you get. And then this other guy, nah, I don't, don't. X stands for don't go there. You know, yeah. that guy is too radical. And, um, you know, I actually, I knew Malcolm X from one record, which was, uh, oh, was it was in like 1981 or something. Malcolm X, no sellout. I forget what it was. It was a bit from his speech. Okay. Um, I got to look that up. That's the jam. Um, as we said back in the day. So I said, you know, so we, we keep talking. I said, all right, dude, let's just record this. Let's just do it. Let's be a podcast. He's like, what? So yeah, let's just, that's how no agenda started. John C. Dvorak and I were, we were talking. 
once a week, whatever. And they said, let's record it. And it started out as half an hour. And now it's a, you know, three and a half hour imperium of, uh, of, of producers around the world that create this wonderful experience for all of us twice mm-hmm. a week on Thursdays and Sundays. Um, so uh, we just start talking. And Mo, the way the format kind of developed is he'll pick a topic and go through uh, go through historical uh, history, which is stuff, of course, which I've never heard, like no man in the house. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? And we're surprised that we have 75% of children with no father if it was actually a part of the welfare deal where you couldn't have a man in the house. You know, and this, this was, you know, in my lifetime. It's happening. I was alive on the earth. So, and then, and then we have, um, we share an experience. Because uh, I remember when I was six or seven years old and my parents worked in, uh, had State Department-like jobs and some of their colleagues were coming over and it was black family and and they were bringing their two kids and we were living in Kensington Maryland and my, my I think it's just that my other my, my younger sister had been born yet I don't think um anyway so and we're like oh cool you know this will be fun and they come in and the kids in a suit and she's got a dress and white gloves and they're totally like yes no and we're like well this is no fucking fun say like, what's up with that and then Mo tells me the reverse side. He says, oh, yeah, here's what my mama be in the car. Like, and don't you embarrass us. And you do this. And I said, wow, our parents fucked us up equally for no good reason. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of stuff. And But then, you know, you start to listen to, um, to Malcolm X. And, and he said things that are now in play. And then mm-hmm. when you take into account just all the things that, Systemic racism, yeah, it's totally taken place, but it's it's been really what I see, honestly, is the black man is being used as a tool and oh, look at that dead body, but they're forgetting him for everything else. Mm. And it's only about women and black women. I'm just saying what I'm seeing. You know, these observations are are there. And 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 so uh, actually it's almost worth playing for you. There's it is. Um, playing, playing. Yeah, let me see if I uh, I have it here. Um, so we we have a donation segment, um, which kind of explains our entire show, and it's uh, it's Malcolm X explaining how to fix the world. First, the white man and the black man have to be able to sit down at the same table. The white man has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of that Negro. And the so-called Negro has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of the white man. Then they can bring the issues that are under the rug out on top of the table and take an intelligent approach to get the problem solved. That's the only way that they'll ever do it. And that's what we do. Mm. Mm. And he spoke this in 1965, maybe something. Mm-hmm. And here we are. And it's really helping. And what we're, what we're seeing is, and by the way, you know, we've torn apart white guilt, white fragility. You know, it's very easy to deconstruct that. But when you do it to get, we're a very powerful force together, mm. we're, you know, because, because of what you just heard. Because, mm. And we cannot, there's no insulting. There's no insulting. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can ask anything. I can say, so what is it really, what is this, you know, coon? It's like a fucking bad word. But explain to me, how does it feel? What the fuck is, what is that, what's up with that? Mm. And it's it, how it's said, who says it? And, but there's also crazy stuff that when you talk, when what would be 
classified as racist is just total ignorance because I don't, I have no history. I don't know the, I mean, my roommate in, uh, in college, Ty Henderson from Hamilton, from uh, Trenton, New Jersey, you know, ADOS. And so I learned a lot from three months, how mm. to moisturize, you know, how to wash my clothes <laughs> properly, how to fucking dance, or at least have some rhythm. I cannot dance. I was white shadow, you know, you're from Holland. You don't count. <laughs> Can you, know, you two-step? Yes. Well, I, I don't think I could do it right now, but yeah, we did. I carried the brick. I carried the brick. I pledged, <laughs> I pledged Kappa. It was hilarious. You're like, what are you doing? I didn't want to be part of any of anything. It was just like, eh, and these guys were cool. That was fun. But oh, it was man. funny because they'd be like, hey, hey, uh, Curry, let, let's go to uh, Mickey D's. Okay. So I got six guys in the back of my car and I'm like, I'm doing 65. And they're like, bro, bro, slow the fuck down. And I, and I, didn't, I didn't understand. You know, I didn't understand. Like, dude, what you don't want is six brothers in the car with you speeding. And I, okay. In West Virginia, by the way, just <laughs> Commonwealth. <laughs> so, so I, you know, but I grew up in Amsterdam. So the, the, the classic racism part wasn't necessarily a part of, of growing up. Mm-hmm. But now that, now that I've really engrossed myself, we've been doing our show for over a year now. What is apparent to me is that we we absolutely have we have a class problem. Um, capitalism really brings nepotism. I mean, you look at Baltimore, you can't say it's racist that all black Americans are running Baltimore and it sucks. You know, so there's a class system. Someone has to be at the bottom mm-hmm. and it, you'd be surprised who would hurt their own kind. Mm-hmm. Animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the nasty part is it is we are being torn into bits by declaring everything racist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and it's just ignorance misunderstanding and a very classist society there's a whole level of douchebags in the middle levels of government who don't give a fuck if you're black white yellow red or brown and if one more person says to me politician says the black and brown community, like, give me the zip code. I'd like to go talk to the community. This is bullshit. It's just, it, and any, any person who thinks logically says, well, how can you group these people by actual skin color? Uh. I mean, how can the world be racist when you're, you're not a man? I, I'm amazed. I'm talking to a young black man. He's not dead. He's not dealing me drugs. Oh my God, he's an entrepreneur. How did you do that in racist America, Hotep Jesus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have a father growing up? I did. Parent privilege, brother. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> and it's true. Men, particularly men, but women too. I think a lot of women who may even be in the Black Lives Matter Inc. movement have maybe some daddy issues. I can get burned for saying that, but this is something that Mo and I talk about all the time. Uh. You grow up without a father in the house, it's unbalanced. Yeah. And I see it time and time again. Successful people had two parents. It doesn't have to be dad, mom. I don't give a shit if it's mom, mom, dad, dad. That's all fine. Two parents sharing the load, parent privilege. That is truly a blessing if you mm. have that. Mm. And if you can provide it to someone, that's a blessing. Yeah, I heard you say that on Rogan, parent privilege. I've never heard it put like that. Um, Mo and I came up with it. That's 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 a great catchphrase. Um, you, you ever spoken to Thaddeus Russell before? No. 
Yeah, me and Thaddeus were we're we're kind of talking about that topic of you know like how important it is to have both parents and mm-hmm. how people can come out completely different than somebody. So I, I totally agree with you there because I had an unfair head start over a lot of people in this world because of who my parents were. Right? And why do you say it's unfair? Uh because life is unfair. Right. Oh, it's just interesting that you say you you talk yourself down by saying it was unfair. No, you maybe you fought that much harder. I fought that much harder where in the afterlife in the other world? <laughs> maybe I don't know. Just on your way up. I mean, just because you have parent privilege doesn't mean you make something out of yourself. I can show you a lot of kids with two parents uh, that are total assholes. Yeah, but I had special parents. So you're right. Like it's not, it doesn't just mean two parents, you're going to be a success, right? You need two successful parents to have a success and you're still not guaranteed that, right? But, but let's let's classify success. Yeah. For, for one, success is is living in a nice house with a picket fence and going to the job and retiring and mm-hmm. having the kids go to school if they want to or maybe trade school. Success yeah. is all dependent upon what your American dream is. You know, that's yeah. that's that's what it is for you. Um, a lot of people are very happy doing that. Yeah. But, you know, you know, when you brought up like the modem and the Internet and all those things, mm-hmm. you know, 95, 96. Yeah, we had that stuff as soon as it came out. When Prodigy, Netscape, we had it. You know, when it was dial-up modem, we had it. You know, my friends came to my house. You know, yeah. look up video codes. Can you print out the walkthrough for this game? They'd come to my house to right, use the right. internet. You yeah. know, so that's why I said an unfair advantage because, you know, we were my dad was putting TVs in cars before that was you know coming with the package. You know, and right. so there's definitely some class separation between me and other people right so you grew up middle class yeah yeah Yeah. so guess what there's a whole class of people who look just like you and strangely enough just like me who are low class and they are the bottom and they are getting fucked yeah but it's unfair that's unfair yes that's unfair but i wouldn't say it's unfair that you had a a better start in life that's just luck Hmm. of the draw the next one may suck Enjoy, live it up, <laughs> live it up while you can. I hope I'll come back as a white woman in the next life. <laughs> Why? It's just a joke I got. Okay, she's, all right. You know, she's the most uh, protected human being on the planet. <laughs> um, shout out to MoFax, though. You know, that's how we kind of got here. But uh, MoFax, you've been invited to the show formally. Oh, by me. yeah. I really want you to talk to Mo. I definitely, you know, want to get with him. I want to talk ADOS. Let me just catch up on the Super Chats here. Joe West, 999. Thank you. Uh, Hero Taxation and stuff. Thank you. He said GBG, do the work. MoFax, Adam Curry. Mo Karam. Um, Eli, let's get Adam and Hotep on JRE at the same time. That would be dope. I'm down. Um, <laughs> Hotep with it. What else? What up, homie? Hotep with it. Got his YouTube channel. Probably make sure y'all check him out. He says, stay with it, fellas. One time for North VA and Mo Facts. One time for the Hotep. One, one time for Steph Curry, brother. Uh, love the uh, knowledge family. Last one here, John Wayne. He said, uh, don't let this one uh, say the N word. <laughs> no, no, no. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> No. Um, I have a very diverse crowd because I have a diverse. What does he mean by this one? What is this? This one? This one? But this? This one? This one white honky dude? Yeah, this this white <laughs> this this cracker we got on my channel. Today. You say it as you want, brother. Um, you know, I've I've had. We're following uh, Malcolm X's uh, vision here, so I'm good. 
Yeah, I had Young Pharaoh on my channel, so I got a ton of subscribers from Young Pharaoh who yeah. have a completely different ideology. But let's talk ADOS because I don't agree with the statements you've made about ADOS. Okay. Um, on JRE, and I feel like I feel like the Hoteps have been left out. Well, now, it's probably because I don't know enough about the Hoteps. Yes, and that's why I'm here to make sure we get you on board to understand the Black community better because ADOS does not represent well, 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 hold on, hold on. Let me say something. Okay. There's ADOS, the political movement. Mm. And there's, because there is a political movement that's, you yes. know, you're talking uh, Tone Talks. Um, right. You know, Yvette. That's, that's Yvette, yes. Right. And I've watched all their stuff. I've, I've spoken to, to Tone. Um, and, but ADOS for me is just a descriptor because the hardest thing for a white man, and in, in this, this white man in particular, is I don't want, I don't want to say, because and this is one of the things I've talked about with Mo. So, Mo, how do you feel when someone calls you a member, a person of color? He says, all I hear is colored person. I say, good, mm. that one's out. Okay. African-American. He like, yeah, why does the African have to be in there necessarily? It's okay, mm. but it's confusing because people think I'm from Africa. Mm. So, okay, how about black? So, yeah, but the problem is now you're, now you're down to a color. Mm. He says, and that, that's kind of the whole point is want to get away from that. And mm. he liked ADOS mm. as a descriptor, American mm. descendant of slavery, because... Mm. As a group, and this is my opinion, and then, I'm, then I want to hear the hotep, because I think that's where we start to, to divide. And mm. I'm ignorant on this. So I'm just, this is only from the sources mm. I've had. Mm. Is um, we always talk a big game about how we're going to help. Uh, I'll just say ADOS, but you've heard all the descriptors. Yeah. And it always is affirmative action or something. And then before you know it, it's not the American descendants of slavery. Mm. It's anyone who has a brown skin. You're from Jamaica. You're from the mm. West Indies. Mm. You're from Kamala Harris. She's not mm. ADOS, you know, mm. and she's even, you know, well, we'll leave that out, out of, but she's not ADOS. Mm. Um, so if there are quote unquote reparations or tangibles mm. or anything that is being done saying, mm. okay, enough with all this now, which mm. has been said by mm. politicians for decades, Mm -hmm. And here's what we're going to do for you, you who got screwed with slavery. And they mm -hmm. give them um, affirmative action. And then mm -hmm. before you know it, anyone's there, right down to affirmative action for minorities, which mm -hmm. includes uh, um, sexual minorities or uh, sexual uh, gender, uh, gender minority, uh, just all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's no longer focused on ADOS. Right. So for me, it's like, if you really want to fix that, mm -hmm. then let's address it by who these people actually are. Mm. Mm. So, so, that, so that, that was my, my, that's my education so far. So right. how Hotep fits in there is uh, I'm not unsure of. I'm going to just contextualize a little bit. What is the word when we use it in the English language, generally descendant mean to you? Direct bloodline, direct bloodline, bloodline, bloodline descendant. And it doesn't have to be, you know, like a hundred percent. Right. Of course, you get into all this, you know, get in like the one drop rule. I mean, I can go on forever on all that shit. But yeah, I, th I think it should be descendant and you can trace it back. And there, that's where I came from. And I can show you right here. That would be right. descendant of slavery. And that's what I, how I interpret it. But the bloodline is slavery. How can you be a descendant? Who, who, who is your ancestor? Is your ancestor a slave? And, and can you be a descendant of this idea called, you can't descend, you're dis, you can't be a descendant of an economic system. I agree. I agree. But then we should stop Black Lives Matter and everything right the fuck now, because that's all anyone ever talks about. 
Well, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. I, <laughs> I just want to let's agree. And like, we're done. All right, everybody. No, not, you can't be guilty. I can't be guilty for my slave owning. Uh, uh, we don't even ancestors. know if you, we don't even know if white people were slave owners. And I'm in total agreement. <laughs> right? I'm, in, so I'm with you, brother. I, I'm, I'm not putting, I'm not putting y'all in that seat because the mm -hmm. first legal slave owner in America was a black man. So I know. how can he be an ADOS? By the way, it's very unpopular for white men to talk about this. If I if I go that's around that's why saying my that, channel exists. <laughs> if I go around <laughs> saying if you're like, "Fuck you, racist," we're talking about that's not true. So uh, let me just say, because mm. I and I want to hear all well, of it. Well, let me let me just let me just tell you where this gripe came from. Mm -hmm. You said we need to find a classification for the so-called black people of America, and the best one you found was ADOS, which I said, "Hell no, nigga, no." Nah. Okay. <laughs> not well, on my watch <laughs> okay well like well so then when because i used black mm. uh but it was in the context i think of see, then what is black because it, it, it's all that's I, I, why i, I don't like agree with black, i don't agree with black either okay so i'm not rocking with black either so so i'm saying forget the colors so mm -hmm. i could have said african-american black whatever mm. i said ados and i agree with you that you mm. can't be a descendant of an economic system. Are you familiar system. with FBA? FBA, yeah, foundational black. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So but there's, that, not, there's that whole system over there, yeah, right? Yeah. So to say that, you know, all black people should fall under this ADOS category. No, that's not, what, actually, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Well, that's what it came across in the interview, and that's why I was... So what I'm saying is, so if you're... Again, it's the problem is a political economic problem. That's what we're being presented with. Racism is because... ADOS didn't have a chance because they started as the slaves and didn't really have a chance. This is this is the, the vernacular right. today. I'm following, I'm this, following. This Black Lives Matter says they got screwed, so now we have to have more of them uh give them stuff. That's that's but what's you, being but you said. do realize that Black Lives Matter and ADOS are like sort of enemies. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because Black Lives Matter is not pushing for the same agenda as ADOS. Okay. No, I think Black Lives Matter is pushing for something completely different. Yeah, but, yeah. but to white people, that's how we got white people and corporations okay. who are predominantly white-led. Oh, we're solving a problem. Let's give 100 grand to Black Lives Matter. Okay. And, and not knowing that they have a very specific political agenda, which may or may not even jive with their whole corporate structure. Mm. But just as Americans, mm -hmm. we keep coming. Well, now we're all calling each other racist all day long. Right. And, and, and white people are walking around terrified of offending anybody, particularly mm -hmm. kids who are underinformed and over-socialized. So mm -hmm. they're walking around, they're all depressed because they, well, I can't say anything. Because, mm -hmm. you know, a black man Hotep might get mad because I fucked it up. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, this is sad when we're in this state. So mm -hmm. when, if everyone is saying we have to fix this one problem for these mm -hmm. people who got shafted, not mm -hmm. everybody who came after them, not the people who sit on Ellis Island, Either we agree on that history or not. And mm. I think there's consensus, like there's a group of people and their descendants for some reason, but okay, and their descendants need to be compensated or need some kind of uh, help. Mm. Or I would say compensation is really, you know, reparations, whatever you want to call it. It's, but what happened is it started with all the social programs. And mm. the first one was here's some welfare, no man in the house. Right. So, and then from there it just went worse. And then, it became affirmative action for 
black and brown people. Can you fucking believe it? Come on, man. This is the whole, when they say black and brown people, it's not what you're talking about. And it's not what I'm talking about. That's for sure. Right. So correct. So black, I, I don't want to use any color, but mm -hmm. if we're talking about this one specific group, mm -hmm. which is in play, Mm -hmm. And I don't feel I should be responsible for my ancestors doing either. But, okay, mm -hmm. here we are. We've kind mm -hmm. of agreed somehow we have to fix it. That's mm -hmm. why I say at least let's identify it because mm -hmm. that's the problem I keep hearing mm -hmm. is, like, today Trump came out with the platinum plan. Have you seen right. this shit? This is fucking yeah. fantastic. I love how the guy thinks. Mm -hmm. and, he's, and I'm looking at him like, okay, $500 billion, and it's black this, black that. And I'm getting worried. It's like, what does that mean? Mm. Who is black? Mm. Mm. And then it says in some subsets, you know, African-Americans. Okay, you're starting to explain it, but what, what does it mean? How did you read it? Do you think that any of that money's for you? Because mm. it's entrepreneurial money, right? He's giving mm. away, or he wants to put grants in place, stimulus for entrepreneurs, for small mm. businesses, black-owned mm. businesses. Mm. What, is it, what does black mean? What, is, what, do you, what, do, what, do, what do you call white people? <laughs> it's not based on color. White people. What do you, what do y'all call each other though? Well, I, it would be Caucasian would be, would be proper, but we just call each other. white. Okay. So, so, yeah. so let's just stop right there. You would call it Caucasian. Now I'm sure you know the derivation of Caucasian. Of course. From of the course. Caucasus mountain. Yes. Right. Of course. Which is a, a European region, right? Yes. Yes. Correct. Okay. Wonderful. So we're talking about, geographically where you come from based upon your genetic makeup. Right? I agree. Yeah. Okay. So I totally so, agree. So you can't call you white. Let's call you Caucasian. Right now. That's why I would say African-American makes more sense because the derivation of the genetic structure of people okay. like me comes mm -hmm. from Africa. So we'll remove uh, white and black and we'll call ourselves Caucasians and Africans and American um, Americans or Africans in America. Right as some of my um, master teachers would, would propose. Okay, can I just say something? The, the yes. problem I have with that is that okay. then you get people who have immigrated later who mm. come from Africa and they are also African-Americans, not Nigerian-Americans. They classify as African-Americans. And I don't think that's correct. So what do you call a white man in Africa? A dude. That's <laughs> lunch. Not what they, but that's lunch. not what they... <laughs> lunch. <laughs> But that's not what they, they claim in South Africa. In South Africa, the white folks is claiming themselves as African in South Africa. Yes. Now, I, under, I, I understand what you're saying with right. geography, right. but, it, but it's, it's to me, it's not an argument. I agree. I agree with you 100 percent. I think there's a lot of nuance to this conversation. Sure. That I think could be a distraction. But I'm trying to solve a political problem that is spilled over into violence in our streets. Yeah. And and so the only way I so when the only Malcolm way the only way to do that is to first don't go to the ADOS, don't go to FBA. You got to come to the hotels. That's the only place you're gonna get an enrichment of black culture and history. I made a list on my channel called What uh What is Hotep? And I've interviewed some of my teachers and people, what is Hotep? And you don't got to sit there and watch through them. But I would suggest taking a look at the names that are there and researching people like Shaka Akmos and uh, Dr. Kaba Kamene. Are you familiar with the work of John Henry Clark? No. What about uh, Dr. Joseph Ben uh, Yakinen? No. 
Okay. So I'm these, batting O. Right. And that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, if you haven't heard these names, it's because you haven't connected with the Hotep community. You never, I know you never heard of Sharazar Ali. Uh, no. I'm sure you never heard of Dr. Phil Valentine. I'm sure you never heard of uh, Dr. Bobby Hammett. You know, there are entire schools of thought that exist within the Hotep community. For example, this word melanin, right? This word yeah. melanin, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. None of these black people understood what melanin was until Black Lives Matter came around, took that word and commercialized it. Yeah. But it was the Hotep community that were teaching people you know, the different types of melanin, the molecule of the melanin and, mm -hmm. and some of the, the magic behind it. Like this is stuff we were studying in the eighties and the nineties, which they just took on and commercialized, right? So let me just get to the point. The point I'm making is until you have a conversation with the conscious community, the Hotep community, you don't know shit about black people. These ADOS people that you talk to, many of them don't know shit about their history, which is why they're so ignorant to accept the title of ADOS. Only an ignorant person would call themselves a descendant of slavery. Well, the other speak to is Mo. All right, no diss to Mo. I'm gonna talk to Mo when Mo comes on my channel, if mm -hmm. he does, and I'd love to have that conversation with him. But you know, the point but it's I'm a little unfair. It's a little unfair to say with what I've done with Mo over the past year that I haven't learned shit. I may not know shit, I may not know everything, but it's not fair because I have totally learned. Life uh, is un unfair, God yes. damn it. And, and yeah. I'm telling you. But what I'm saying is I have learned a lot more and I'm a lot more in tuned. And I think for sure now I am ready to yeah. understand where you're coming from. You ever seen that image of the Titanic with the iceberg where it's like a little bit is, mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. yeah, you on the tip of the iceberg. Until you've entered the Hotep realm, there's mm -hmm. a whole school of knowledge just surrounding the black body and black biology. You know, you'd have to study uh, the work of Dia or the work of Ivan Van Sertima or the work of uh, David M. Hotep. These are geneticists. These are like real scientists, you know, and these people have have been basically shadow banned, if you will from mm -hmm. historical record. And the only place you're gonna hear these names is if you talk to a hotel. Well, and so allow me to say that, uh, yeah, I'm at the top of that uh, iceberg, but I'm here because of Mo Fax show, showing, just taking me out in the boat and showing me. Yes. And um, Malcolm X is fucking shadow banned. That, so you talk about Malcolm stuff. X is hotel. Thank you. So, yeah. So, but, but, this but is he's my commercial hotel. But, but, okay, Mr. Purist. <laughs> Mr. fucking Purist. I am a purist. I am. Yes. I will accept yes. that. That is very but, true. But, okay, but here's what I'd like to know. So you okay. hear me talking about that on Joe Rogan, yeah. and you're clearly irritated by it. Or yeah. how did you feel? Okay, so, and, and what was your first thought? So just say it honestly. Uh, my, my first thought was, uh, he's been miseducated. He needs a conversation with a hotel. Okay, that's very acceptable. Yeah, you know, he needs he needs he needs to add he needs because you know, the thing, like, the like thing that I want, the thing that I think we all can agree on, and yeah. this is where it comes together. Yeah. I'm not white, you're not black, we're yeah. fucking Americans. Right. And I'd like to so just getting beyond that, yeah, is all I ever really meant. When I say I don't like the color, I like mm. to say ADOS and I like to say, you know, you know, this just different 
people have different types of descriptors. It's usually geographic. You're absolutely right. Right. I mean, am I, am I, re I'm not in Texan, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I come from Scotland, Ireland through, uh, you know, through Ellis Island and, and I've got German blood in me. So of course we were all from different places, yeah. but the most important thing for me is that we're talking to each other and I, 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 I want to hear all about it. I'm, I'm really, I'm interested in everything, particularly stuff I'm completely ignorant in, mm. but the, but the, we can only get there mm. is by what we're doing now is taking it away from skin color mm. or just the, how light or dark someone is. And, mm -hmm. it, and everyone else who does that is an asshole. Mm. I can't, politicians, everybody, I, it's sickening. I go mm. back to the, this, it's so normal now to hear black and brown communities. I mm. switch off. These people do not give a fuck about you or me if that's how they think about us. Mm. So now we're beyond color. Now we're into I want to know about you. I want to know about your community. I've not talked to a hotep. I have mm -hmm. I'm not exposed to a hotep. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's contagious. <laughs> it might be tasty. It's contagious. I promise you that. <laughs> so, and, you know, I already look forward to my, my next show with Mo because I'm sure he's going to have something to say. And what really needs to happen is you guys got to sit down together. That's the most important thing. Maybe bring me on just as a white shadow. You know, I, I play the game. Yeah. But so please do not or understand that I come from a place of love and wanting to understand and not sure. wanting to define and not wanting to represent. Right. I'm 56 years old. I, I grew up in a, a non-racist society, which I thought uh, I've learned that I'm very ignorant about uh, our own brothers and sisters just yeah. because I, we didn't grow up together. Yeah. And we both were shielded by our parents for doing for offending the other. You know, so I'm beyond all that. The oh. internet has done this. Now we're able to do to do this. And so tell me, man, tell me about your roots. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, let me just say, I got to congratulate you for having these conversations, right? And coming so far along. And I didn't take it to offense at all. You know, I was just irritated by the fact that they introduced you to ADOS. And I'm like, I'm not no fucking ADOS. The fuck is an ADOS, right? Like, that's just my attitude towards it. Not saying that they shouldn't follow that. But for me, that shit just don't work. But again, right? uh, for me... It's a descriptor, not a movement, not a following, just yeah. a descriptor. Just right. And, and, and that's word. my problem. It doesn't describe anything, right? <laughs> it's, it's a, <laughs> I'm it's with you. I, I, it doesn't describe you. So I know you, I know you don't fit it. But it's the same. You say, yeah. Am I white? Well, yeah, color white. But also, you know, it's like I'm not in that fight today because I don't care anymore. And call me yeah. whatever you want. I got all kinds of issues. I got all kinds of ticks and twitches. I got enough to worry about about my skin color. Well, you, I, you've heard this. The black community is not a monolith, right? You heard black no, people. Of course, not. of course not. Right. So and, not. so there's levels and layers to all of our by, history by and our culture. Layers and levels in every, right. in everywhere in, in every the world. culture. Right. Right. I got Section 8 housing, you know, uh, I don't know, 600 feet from my house. Mm. You know, we live together, but mm. it's different there than it is right over here. Right. Right. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So it's going to totally. be differences in layers to, to all parts of life. And that's why I say when you settled upon <clears throat> using ADOS to describe all of us, and I don't want to hang on this topic for too long. I just want you to know how okay. I felt. I got you. you know, and I appreciate it, you telling me that. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was just the fact that I'm like, in my no. opinion, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. No, no, ADOS doesn't describe us. You were a lot better off with African American. You know? Really? In, okay. In, in, yeah. in my opinion, because it it describes who we are and where mm-hmm. we came from and where we are now. It's a good mm-hmm. descriptor. ADOS does not describe every single black person because there were two thousand plus slave owners at one point yeah. in time that were black, right? So can I can I be really honest with you about one thing? Yeah, from a marketing perspective, it's too fucking long. We it, that's it's. I just wish it was <laughs> African American. It's too many syllables. You know, it's like black, white, brown, yellow, red. You know, maybe yeah. that's a problem. But I, I got you. African-American. We definitely have some. Yeah, we definitely have some marketing problems. I think that's <laughs> marketing. You got it's marketing issue. Branding, there you are, Hotep. And, branding, yeah. marketing. Fuck yeah, you're the man for that. Absolutely. It, yeah, and that's why you know brought me my next point. When you're speaking to black people, there's no one person, no one black person in America that can speak for all groups of black people in America, except Hotep Jesus. And the- <laughs> I'm a black man, you idiot. <laughs> I am the only person qualified to speak for all black people. And I, I, I obviously I'm being an asshole and saying that, but I'm saying it because I'm going to speak objectively. I'm going to be able to say ADOS should be able to call themselves ADOS. I'm going to call myself Hotep. But I know a lot of the different subcultures in the Black community, and I can defend them all, whereas everybody else would choose to attack. Like, if you ask Black liberals how they feel about Black conservatives, there's going to be a war. Whereas I'm going to come in and say, "Uh, you know, I like some Black liberals, and I think they have some good points, and I like some Black Mm -hmm. conservatives, and I think they have great points. So I'm, I look at myself as being the uh, objective dictator of the black community, right? Um, that's what I say. If you got questions about black community, you got to come to Hotep Jesus. And I'm gonna clear it up for you. <laughs> okay. So in the Hotep community, um, yeah. how are we doing with the African American men? Where are they right now? And what's the problem? Do they have problems? What do we see? Um, and cause I think that's, uh, that's where I'd like to focus. We go back to the parent privilege. Mm. What the fuck is going on? How can we not fix something? Do we need to just talk about it? Do we just need to say, Hey, well, we, there's a real we, issue. Do you even go, think there is? If we go by the numbers, it looks like there's not an issue with black men. You know, if we go by the news, there is right. Number of numbers of what? Well, if we go by the numbers of participation as fathers in the household, we have higher rates of being in the child's life than the white community. Really? According to the numbers, right? Uh, They say that black men are involved in their children's life. Uh, I think it's just that the Democrats like to take, um, you know, particular demographics and turn them into and inflate them and add hyperbolics. And um, I don't think the problem is black men. I think the problem is black women. Well, okay. <laughs> you, because so think you about what you my said. question exactly the way I, I thought you would. Right. Because think about what you said. Black men were taken out of the home. So then mm-hmm. who's raising the next generation? Thank you. <laughs> and by the way, there's no argument from me or from Mo on this. I can speak on his behalf for this moment. Yes, absolutely. You okay. saw the same thing. But you understand it's so beautiful to have this conversation because I can't start this. Yeah. You know, yeah. and how yeah. sad is it? Because, right. but you know what? So there's clearly a difference between black women and white women. Okay. What's that? I don't know. You uh, said they're a problem. For us. Yeah. 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 I, I think You that, want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. I would say it's up to uh, media and advertising. Media and advertising wholly target women. 
Um, even in the political arena, they target women because women are going to uh, react based upon their emotions. So our women, um, both black and white, whatever we want to call them, um, are brainwashed. They're programmed. They're conditioned to care about all of the wrong shit. And, and maybe, to, so I was and maybe, maybe maybe the black women are getting some extra special attention these days from the political side, mm. which of course is the same type of ad, it's still all advertising and marketing one way or the other. Uh, because they see that as a as a uh, a key to success by uh, keeping a voting block together. Yeah, it's yeah. very it's very cynical what they're doing. I mean, it's really destructive. It's it's very it's more destructive than any kind of uh, identity politics than that I know of. Is actually using one specific group of Americans and exploiting them. You've seen that? Fuck yeah! It's, this is what Black Lives Matter is to me. Inc. Black Lives Matter Inc. Why do you separate the two? Because I feel that it's too harsh for people to separate the political side from the actual movement side. Because as Americans, we're, we're, we're generally a good people. And we want to do good. And we want to love thy neighbor. And the, the, the brain, the mind control and the programming has gone so far with very simple neurolinguistic programming, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, say her name, you know, where um, it's not healthy. This is not a healthy way to solve the issues we have uh, by saying it's all about race and you think racist and you do racist. I mean, it's destroying us. It's destroying mm. us. I am possibly the worst person in the world because of who I am. I'm mm. an older, straight, white male. Fucked, mm. fucked, 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 fucked. It's all my fault. Now, I don't feel, I, believe me, I'm okay. I feel good. But there are young boys walking around who are hearing this shit, and they're going to mm. be just another victim, just like other groups. Mm. So none of that is good. Um, but I agree with you that the, the, and this is a problem of marketing, and it's gone so far now with filters on Instagram, and Joe Rogan would join in on this with us. You know, I've, I'm surrounded by women. He's got women in his life the destruction of the filter and how you look and how you're expected to look and then all the constant bombardment of messaging. The first commercials that started to come back during the, the lockdown were um, cosmetic commercials. Mm. And, you know, there's a huge uptick. It, they call it uh, Zoom, uh, Zoom face. You know, women are getting uh, plastic surgery because they've been looking at themselves on Zoom for months and, and they're, they're, they want to get work done. They can't stand how they look. It's, wow. it's, it's, uh, it's psychotic. We are in absolute psychosis as a country. Yeah. And um, it goes beyond, you know, just what we're talking about. I mean, we, we literally disagree to such a level that we, you know, it's, it's the, the white dress, the silver dress thing. It's, it's, it's however you see it, you know? Yeah. So, what is this, yes. What is, so what does this mean for white people? Because right now is not a good time to be a white guy in certain parts of the country and, you know... Mm -hmm. So how, what does this mean for white people? You know, you said, you know, it happens, but you don't really care because, you know, you've got your money and you're kind of isolated from these incidents. Well, because, well, I'm totally isolated from incidents, of course. Um, but it's not like I don't have to think in Austin, uh, is my wife going to be safe? You know, will she run into something and, and some protest and, you know, and she doesn't make the right hand gesture or chant the right thing, which I don't think she would do because mm. we just want to, don't want to be a part of some mind control. Mm. Um, but because, 
I mean, I've always sought for the truth. I've been doing the No Agenda show for, it'll be coming up on our 14th year. And, um, you know, the whole coronavirus, COVID-19 was fantastic for me because I got into high gear. I mean, I'm analyzing, I'm looking at the charts, I'm seeing the bullshit almost right away. It's very reminiscent of AIDS and HIV. The same people, Fauci, Burks, Gallo, the guy who discovered the HIV virus, the PCR testing, the testing that is overinflated, um, you know, for something, just everything, the China's involvement, you know, that's so I really I, I excel with that. But now we're on to a different place. And with Mo show along with that, um, I want to help in healing any way I can. I really I, that's I really do care. And mm. it seems so easy to just sit down and talk with each other. And it opens people's minds. And mm. I see the feedback and say, shit, I never thought about stuff like that. Mm. I never saw it from that perspective. And hopefully some of your viewers are going, all right, well, I never thought of that's how the white guy feels about it, mm. you know? Or how I think, and it's not that I'm racist or bad or wrong or right. It's just, I, I grew up in Amsterdam. Mm. Bro, I have really different opinions on stuff. People are like, mm. well, you're a Republican. No, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about drugs. I'm anti-war. I'm not all drugs, but I like smoke weed. Um, uh, you know, live and let live. I don't, you know, I don't care if you're who you are hanging out with or get married to. It's all, all good with me. I don't care. Um, I would, you know. Uh, I understand why a woman should have the right to do what she wants to do with her own body. I understand, you know, how Roe v. Wade works. And uh, I'm, I would never stop a woman from doing that if she wanted to do it. But I think we could be a little more careful about how easy it is or how it's being used. And, and in particular, in poor, uh, in poor places. Mm. And, you know, and so then before you know it, you see Planned Parenthood, you, know, you see Margaret Sanger, you go back, you're like, Oh shit, let's get the reverends. Oh my God. Okay. So the reverends are kind of like the communicators and how do reverends work? Well, they give you the big speeches and all the kind of NLP stuff. And before you know it, you got people believing in shit. Mm. And uh, so it's all, it's all a matter of perspective and what else do I have to do? Well, so I, I got nothing else to do. I love it. What would you, what would, what would you as a, as a Caucasian man living in America do for the black community? What, what, how do you think, you can help heal um, the black community or, or what, what do you, you know, what advice would you give? Well, I have no advice. This is it. I'm doing it right now. Having mm. this conversation with you, having the conversation with, I'm, I, I don't have any answers, but just when people, this has never happened before. This is this time that we're in right now. And it's being abused by people for, for political power and financial gain. And that's literally how algorithms work. And if you haven't seen The Social Dilemma on Netflix, uh, people disagree with me. I think it's a good thing to watch because you'll get an idea of how you can be nudged. That's how I, you're, you're a marketing guy. Mm -hmm. how, how did Bernays really uh, make his mark? Edward Bernays, you know, arguably Was the it, father. Are you talking about the smoking ad? Yes, the guy got the women to smoke in the parade yeah. up and down Fifth Avenue. And that was the first time. And from that, he was able through marketing, mm -hmm. to get women, healthy, beautiful women, to stick a burning piece of fucking fire in their face, inhale it, and feel good about it. You're telling me marketing can't do some really crazy shit? Well, you and I know better, don't we? <laughs> so, that, so when you say we're mind control, yeah, and right now the focus is on black women, I totally agree, and it's, for, and it's cynical, it's for political gain, and just saying this, Hotep, 
That's what does it, man. Just having this conversation. What mm. we don't have, we're not going to figure it out. We don't have to run around and say we need, I want, I believe this and that. You just told you've given me so much information in this short call that I'm taking that away with me. And how mm. many people are watching? You know what I mean? How many how many people are going to see this? Mm-hmm. We'll take something away from it. You know, I, they couldn't get this. You're not getting this. And it's on NBC or ABC or CBS, or you're not going to get this. Yeah, this raw <laughs> stuff. We, we, you know, you, this is real. I like it. Yeah. I fucking, I feel very alive, actually. <laughs> Adam, I, nice. I got, I got to say that I'm really impressed with that response. I'm really, really impressed with that response because the wrong answer would have give was to have a solution, right? Because the real question, the real response is. I'm here to sit down and listen and understand the problem. Like, how do you fix a problem you don't even understand? Exactly. You know, that was a, a really, really great um, response. Um, Hotep, what he said, thoughts on the platinum plan package Trump rolled out today. I'd like to hear thoughts from both of y'all. Um, Did you read it? I mean, it was just a PDF that I saw briefly. No, nah, I didn't read it. I, I'm sure there's nothing in there, right? Well, as I said, well, first of all, I love Trump as a marketer. I understand what he's trying to do. He's like, hey, hey, attention, black people. Mm. (laughs) What do you got to lose? Try (laughs) Trump. I got the platinum, the platinum package for you, black people. (laughs) You got to love it. Can you get any more American than that? People in Europe are puking. They they can't, they don't understand. Yeah. But we react to shiny shit. That's how we buy our soap. That's how we elect our presidents. Oh, poop, squirrel. All right, what do we have? Well, I'm going to make $500 billion available for Black-owned businesses so I can get it like a cheap loan. Yeah, we're going to hook you up. Okay. And then, you know, he goes into what he's done for HBCUs and for the Opportunity Zones. But he's saying $500 billion I'm going to put in place. And he's saying, and go get that from Joe Biden. My platinum premium package. What does Joe have over there? He's got some skanky ass, no rim having, <laughs> shitty wrong wheels, no engine, piece of junk, platinum premium for you black people. You cannot fault the man for taking a real good stab at it. That's just, and that alone is commendable. I don't think many people get that. I don't think many people understand it. You turn on the news like, well, President Trump, black communities and whatever. It, you have to look at it. It's beautiful. The pl- the platinum play. <laughs> and, and you get free entrance to my casinos. <laughs> have you ever heard Blowfly, the first black president? No. What's that? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. You, you got to look that one up. Blowfly, the first Blowfly? black president. Yeah, it's on Spotify. I'm sure of it. It is hilarious. What is it? You know, Blowfly, don't you? Blowfly from back in the day. Oh, oh it was early, early. It's, this is kind of like back in the Curtis Blow days, really. These okay. are the breaks. So kind of back then. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The group. Okay, I'm, I'm with you. Okay. Blowfly, you got their first black president. Yeah, that's the one. Okay, it's an album. I see. Here. No, it should just be one track. It's like a one-hit wonder. Right. Okay. It's a track. Yes. All right. I have it here pulled up. Right. Okay. So there's just one track from Blow. Do you want me to find? Do you want me? Do you want me to find it now? Play it. Play it. Play it for me. Because let me see. Let me see if it's on. uh, I thought it was on Spotify. It's on on YouTube. I just put it up on YouTube. Oh really? Yeah. I can give. I'll give you the link right here in the Zoom chat, and you could just 
play a couple of. Uh, I don't even. Uh, oh, in the Zoom chat. Okay. Yeah, I, you can play Holy a couple crap. of moments uh, for these people. So they All can right, but then hear. I then I okay then I got to turn this on. Okay. You might have to do some sharing. Do you want me to find it now? Oh, hold on. That's the screen. So I got to turn that, mute that. <laughs> this is fun. All right. Did you did you send it yet? Yeah, it's in the chat. Check the chat. It's on chat. I guess, what is this? Some other weakness must be doing something wrong here. What's the chat? You want oh, me to send it? No, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. All right. Everybody's got a different fucking system. Okay, let's see. Crunch in full capacity here. Everything. Um, oh, I'm going to get like a million ads. Oh, please. Sir Bubba Hotep, 499 Super Chat. He said, ITM, Adam and Hotep. Jesus being Hotep is contagious. Yes, it is. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, Michael Melton said, Bernays knew how to uh, how to do the work. Here we go. Till we die. All right. Can you hear it? Ladies and gentlemen, yep. introducing the first Nick. I, I mean, the first black president of the United States of America, President Blowfly. Thank you. Thank you very much. And like I promised y'all when I was running, I'm going to make sure there are chillings in every pot, hot in every table, control pills in every purse, and we're going to have an orange every motherfucking weekend. Thank you. Good morning, Mr. President, yeah, sir. Good. Good. good morning, bitch. I'm at Miss Click. <laughs> that shit don't be easy. The president don't do nothing but sit on his ass all day and give all this any motherfucking weight. Because <laughs> I get my head together. This is what we thought Barry would be. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Click. Mr. President, sir. Could you get your ass in here, please? Right away, sir. What did you do in my ship? Are you constipated, sir? <laughs> Bitch, you know what I'm talking about, my motherfucking raw dog. I took your dog to the vet, sir. Oh, I'm talking about coke, cocaine. You know that white powder shit that I put on your pussy when I'm getting ready to eat it? Oh, okay. that, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. I want to say I've never heard that before. Oh, man. So I worked uh, at a pirate radio station in Amsterdam when I was uh, 16, 17, uh, called Decibel Radio. And I had a persona and this is very interesting because it was all illegal shit but i sounded a little older than uh than i was and i did the show in english everyone speaks english in uh in the netherlands and i took on a name which was john holden and you know you couldn't have use your own name because you could get you know arrested and uh and i did a show saturday nights and and we'd have people call in now we're talking 80 80 81 um and uh, and women would call, say, oh, I want to meet you. And I've always wanted to hang out with a black American man. I'm like, oh, shit. So all of a sudden, I was John Holden, this 24-year-old black guy with a Harley. I made this whole fucking persona. But this is the shit we were playing. I mean, we were playing really early. I mean, just, I mean, we had all the import records. We had all the Frankie Knuckles stuff, the Chicago warehouse. You was, you mean, was, black, you was radio blackface? Radio blackface. Okay, bitch. Listen, it was Amsterdam, and people don't care. We did. We didn't have. We didn't have that. Adam had... Curry is officially canceled. <laughs> so mean. You're so mean. Um, no, but that's that's what we were playing. That that was the record. That was all the stuff that was that people cared about. It was all that stuff coming out then. But also Madonna. You know, before Madonna was Madonna. That uh. you know that album with Borderline and Holiday came out. Almost two years 
before it became a hit. They re-released it. Mm. Once, uh, you know, Jelly Bean had done his number on it and her. Okay. Wow. Remember Jelly Bean Benitez? No. Oh, man. The name New York sounds, DJ? Name sounds familiar. I, I suck at names. I'm You I'm call yourself audio. Hotep? I mean, seriously, I'm so disappointed. I, I, we, first of all, we operate <laughs> off of a different vibration than everybody else. <laughs> okay, I got you, brother. I got you. You know, Frankie I mean, Knuckles, though. I'm an audiovisual uh, recorder. Like, you show me something visually, I see it once, I'll, okay. I'll recognize it again. Audio, same thing. You okay. show me, like, letters, numbers I can remember, but letters and stuff like that, I... Or I got names. You. I, I got you. They sidestep me. So, Trump's plan you like, right? Or what well, he's, no, I, what, I what he's I shown. Say that. I, what I see is I see him marketing, and I have no idea. I wanted to know how you, what you think about. It. He ain't selling that shit to me. Yeah, I feel good about it. Yeah. <laughs> look at look at what we're doing for the blacks. We're giving them Trump's <laughs> premium plan, bitch. Come on, yeah, vote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in this political war that we're in right now. Um, I like it. I like the gesture. Obviously, I like the gesture. I love that he's pandering sure, it's, to me. It's, it's nice recognition. Yeah, you know, it's like I got a fifty million dollar plan for the niggas. You know, come come 500, get some. Now five hundred billion. Five? How much? Five hundred billion. Five hundred billion. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, they they just type some numbers in the screen and they make it magically appear. And voila, we have money for black people, right? Um, no, it's, re it, it's really there. It's called modern monetary theory. And it's how we're making how I'm telling you, it's all it's not a problem. It should have been a trillion dollars. He can easily say a trillion dollars because we can make that and we will not die from it. It's, they've completely fucked money and economics the way you were taught. It, this I'm telling you, this is this. They've already put 10 trillion dollars in. Where's the inflation? Where are we dying? No, it's under control. It's called immunized money it's a fucking magic trick it's beautiful and trump has figured it out he's figured that shit out refinancing the country's debt he's gonna you know stick it to china yeah. if, if if he's successful i mean he could he could fail for for many different reasons but i see it i see what he's doing you it yeah. should, he should have said a trillion dollars and he would have been a hero mm. yeah that is the problem his premium plan should have had a diamond on top it, he could have done it. He could have said it. And yes, I guarantee you that money will come just like all that stimulus money out of the magic box. My, the bankers know it. They all know it. They they love it. The bankers yeah. want it. Oh, my God. We're going to stocks are going to go even higher because yeah. we're just going to invest it in that. And you know that you're like you want it, too. You're like yeah. Trump should have been a trillion, man, because that's much better. Yeah. The money does flow. I mean, it, it's real. It's just going to get to you digitally eventually so we can manage the magic money. That's, yeah. that's you know, enter the Fed now, which is what everyone's talking about. I mean, just into the economy. It's not, it's really not inserting anymore. It's, it's managed down to the 16th digit behind the zero. Uh, you know, it's like yeah. inflation and uh, deflation. They can, they, they'll be dialing that with a knob. Yeah. And, and literally, you know, so now they can actually say, you know, 2%, let's do 1.95. And you know, you your money will actually go out of your account. Well, you I'm will, talking about the 500 billion. If you send 500 billion to the black community, you know, 90% of it's going to Gucci. You know, so that's what I mean by it's going to end up back in the economy. Well, no, it's it's not cash. It's um, uh, it's for black businesses. That's what I. I mean, I only read it like. Well, maybe black an hour business, black we... business is going to hire black people, and black people are going to spend that money, and it's not going to be spent inside the black community. It's going to be spent with white brands. Well, that's pretty uh, cynical of you.
You don't think yeah. a single person uh, will figure it out and do something good with it with their entrepreneurial spirit and building a business? One. Hotep, I'll bet. Hotep Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, okay, so I'm sorry. You know, the, I, I, what I've found is uh, uh, our kids, so my two stepdaughters and my daughter, they're going to make it. They're, they're going to be, it's rough for one of them. They're going to make it because, you know, a lot of the cultural stuff is, I find, just to, and to really find yourself and find your peers and find the beauty in people. Uh, my daughter, it just turned 30 and she's got it figured out mm. and she probably figured out a little bit before I did. And I'm 56. Mm. Uh, and one, once you do, um, then I, I, I feel optimistic. There's definitely a generation that's in trouble, mm. but there's a generation that is now going to rise and say, okay, enough of that. And it doesn't matter, you know, what your background is, what your culture is, what your family is. Mm. Uh, it's, I, I hope it's an earth thing. Mm. You know, it's a cycle. It's a cycle of energy. It's something uh, I can feel it. I'm, I, I'm, I think I, I'm sensitive to that. I can feel there's good things coming. So let me ask you about Trump's plan, his platinum plan. And again, I haven't analyzed, so I don't. I don't it's not fair to ask me. Well, we, we won't. We won't hold you to it. No, we'll just do some guessing here. How does that money reach the black community? Is this in the form of loans? Um, there'd be grants and loans probably, but it would be zero interest loans. Cause there's, there's no, there's no interest to, in fact, it's very possible that in the future, um, you may get paid to have a loan with negative interest rates. Mm. So it would actually, uh, it would be an incentive for you to take the money and you will, if you did nothing with it, it would be more, um, you, you know, it's negative interest rates. So they're actually going to pay you to take that loan. Mm. Now, if you, you know, if you, uh, put your money in the bank, you know, you're going to lose your money. Yeah. That's negative interest rates. It's, it's already happening in Europe. This is real. You right, know, so right. they will, it's the equivalent of paying you to take the loan. So your money mm. will be on like a sliding scale with mm. how the dials are, are. It's still, look, you're still fucking controlled. Believe yeah. me. They just want more control. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt about it, which is why I like the alternatives. Which is crypto. Yeah. Okay. And I and I'm a Bitcoin maximalist. How does how does how does crypto help us? It's independence. It's freedom. If we, is it? Put, I think so. Yeah. But how? but well, because no one can control it. No, that's not true. Okay. Who who can control it? Blockstream controls BTC. I'm sorry. Blockstream controls BTC. There's a team that sits behind each of these cryptocurrencies and controls the protocol and makes the decisions on the updates to the protocol, just like BSV and their new Genesis algorithm that they've um, uh, been working on forever. I don't know if it's released yet, but all of these cryptocurrencies basically have some corporation behind them. With Well, not, not Bitcoin. Bitcoin does not have a corporation behind it. Yes, they do. It's called Blockstream. Hmm. Who makes the decisions on that protocol? I thought the decisions were made according to the white paper. I've, I've seen the fork, I'm, and I'm not that much of an expert. I've seen the fork. I've seen all that go down. That's the whole argument between the three different Bitcoins. Who's actually following the white paper? And okay. a large part of the community. So we, we look at, you and I look at Bitcoin as a store of value, right? Yeah. And, and uh, people who look at it as a, a means of exchange um, say that the white paper says that Satoshi said that this coin is supposed to be for a means of exchange and not a store of value. 
Mm-hmm. So technically, Bitcoin, according to these people, is already is not is already, following. Mm-hmm. It's already deviated mm-hmm. from the white paper. Paper. Well, let me put it this way. That's a fight I have no desire to get into. I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck. For me mm-hmm. right now, I see that Bitcoin works. It's mm-hmm. advantageous to me when I send money to my daughter or when she some, sends some to me. You send so, your, your daughter BTC? Yes. Why not BCH? It's cheaper on the transaction fees. Uh, well, I send it. We have a lightning node, so I just send it straight to her over the lightning node, and then she can convert it wherever she wants. But she also pays some of her friends in lightning. Yeah, uh, they're still going to try transaction fee to get it to the node on the lightning uh, node. I know, once but it's, I, yeah, once but, it's on but, the but node, I control that transaction with my own node. She's private on my node, so then she still has to take yeah. it on chain and get it exchanged if she wants right. to have it in fiat currency. Yeah. But believe me, it's cheaper than ACH or wire transfer. It beats that a million times over. It's very, very at, cheap. At certain times of the and day fast. and, and no, the no, week. The wire transfer to the Netherlands from, from the United States, $50 minimum, no matter what you're sending. Yeah. yeah. But, but have, you, have you ever tried sending a uh, million dollars with Bitcoin? And what that transaction fee would when be. I have that problem, I'll come look up Hotep <laughs> Jesus. I know the source, and that's and look at the quality of that fucking problem. Yeah. Oh my god, how do I send a million dollars without getting ripped off? My yeah. point is, I don't want to be in the jihad war. I'm I'm in the implementation business. I like solving things immediately. Yeah. I've seen the benefit of uh, of Bitcoin, right. and I feel I've followed it for a long time. I held a lot. I sold it way too early, but yeah. now I'm really interested in how it's working yeah. and. I really, I really, really feel better mm. about Bitcoin than any other system or any fiat money. Because you know, but are you familiar with BCH though, no, Bitcoin no. Cash? I'm familiar with it, but I've not used it, and I and I just have. I, I mean, so so that's so that's my problem with like. So I guess we would classify you as a Bitcoin maximalist, right? That's, yes, that's what I said. I'm a maximalist. Yes. Yeah, you're a Bitcoin maximalist. Yeah. And that and, what that means? Just let me tell you what that means. It means. I'm not fucking interested in anyone's shit about anything else. But from you, Hotep Jesus, I am, of course, very intrigued what you're going to tell me. Yeah, no, I just look at everything very objectively, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't look at just BTC. I say, look, you know what? I'm going to use BTC as a store of value. But Mm -hmm. if I'm going to make transactions using crypto, I'm going to do it with BCH. And I think a guy you should talk to about this is Vin Armani. He used to be a big TV guy, so I'm sure you guys will be able to trade stories uh, as far as that's concerned. Um, but Vin Armani is a, a programmer on the BCH mm-hmm. um, technology. And um, Roger Ver, you know, is another guy you should get in contact All with. All polarizing people I have no desire to talk to. I, I love hearing from you. I have no mm. time in my life. to. I mean, it's, mm. it's too complicated. People get mad because you didn't say that or you didn't yeah. say this. Yeah. I, it's too much. It's too much noise. Oh, I'm very familiar. Oh, I'm very I, I, familiar. So I, I got. I, I just got. don't want it. I just want something that works. This is why I'm not a billionaire because I just. Oh, I see. Like, oh, there's a rope, and if I hang on to it, I'll be okay. And I come out the other end, and like, what the hell is down there? And then some other yeah. guy, and then Joe Rogan gets a hundred million dollars. Yeah. So, but that's who I am. So I accept right, that, right. and I and I don't mind. You know, if it's something else, if you come to me and say, dude. You should use this over that because of this and that. I'm sure I'm going to try it. If it's true, I'll believe you. But the religious yeah. part of it. But look, you, I, you're, you're the one that came with the religious take, though, where you no, said no, that's, no, that's Bitcoin only, can save us. Bitcoin's the no, savior. No, 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 no. Okay. This, oh, you need to understand this. Jeez, okay. people are so dense. Okay. This was an inside joke. 
Okay. Because that's not what I said. Don't miss. I know it's me. not. Don't, don't that's put not words in said. my mouth. But that's how I'm interpreting it. Okay. So I'm going to get this for you. Okay. This is from a jingle that we played for a long time on the No Agenda show by okay. Reverend Manning. And if you do you know Reverend Manning, that's the black preacher that because yes, everybody else. Yes, because Reverend Manning is just too fucking funny. Yeah. And so what I said on the Joe Rogan show is the apocalypse is coming, Joe, and you're going to need a Bitcoin. That's what I said. Okay. I didn't say going to save you or anything like that. And where did I get it from? They're saying that all hell is going to break loose and you're going to need a Bitcoin. <laughs> it was an inside joke that people now see me as some terrorist for uh, saying that only Bitcoin can save us. Yeah. You don't give a shit. I need to transfer money to my kid. That's all. And, and I love the programmatic angle of it. And I love the whole concept of digital money. And I'll try anything out. Um, I, I think it's sad that we're losing cash. Cash, 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 like coins, cash. But you said Bitcoin was the answer. It was like No, I did not say it's the answer. Well, I no. wish I could rewind right now what you said when we brought up Bitcoin. So I can get the exact verbiage. Somebody run back and okay, tell me exactly but, what, what you said. Okay, but Hotep. Bottom line. Don't take it too seriously, man. I have I'm not to. a preacher. I, I own a Bitcoin company. I have to take this stuff serious. Okay. Right. But, so but then, in, but so in, then, but can I can I give you give you a recommendation as a guest yeah. on your show? Yeah. Instead of trying to trap me in my words, just try and convince me of what you're trying to do. So you, no, you no, I, I, I don't even know you own a Bitcoin company. So oh, I, no, I'm no, very I, interested in hearing it. Oh no, I don't want to trap you in your words. I'm trying to understand where you're coming from about why you think Bitcoin is so great. Now, keep okay. in mind, my company, we only support BTC, okay. right? And, so, I'm, so, and I'm a firm advocate of not telling people Bitcoin is this right. great thing. Right. I don't think Bitcoin's right. a great thing. I personally right. don't. I, do I think you can make money with Bitcoin? Yes. Do I think Bitcoin is a great thing? No. Okay. So, what so I was that's so what I'm trying to understand. Like, why do you like this whole Bitcoin mm -hmm. crypto thing? That's what I was trying okay. to understand. But let's just separate the joke of the world is coming to an end. You're yeah, getting a Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. From my opinion on Bitcoin. Yes. Um, okay. So let's just separate that. Right. That's where the, I see the Twitter threads. I'm like, what the fuck are people talking about? And I don't know who that is. I'm no good. I shouldn't be as... The same with the ADOS thing was the same yeah. with Bitcoin. Exactly the same. Yeah. He doesn't speak for us. Oh, I'm glad he introduced people to the concept. No, he sucks. He doesn't even know Anton on top. Pop, pop. <laughs> it's like i just went on to hang out with joe i'm just on with hotep i just want to just want to shoot the shit yeah so i got no dog in the hunt other than i'm able to use it i'm fascinated mm. by um, the node i got a, a, a raspy blitz okay. so I, I really love that I, I love seeing how the fees work i see what you can do with digital money yeah. it's you know it works in the reverse and you can have contracts so i'm a i'm in fact i am the person that people should be very, very nurturing of because I am that yes. guy who's going to find an application for something that will actually make people money. I'm not in the investment business. I'm in the functionality business. I want to be able to help our free and open platform like podcastindex.org, which I'm, yeah. I put in place to with my partners to preserve podcasting as a platform of free speech. So no yeah. deplatforming. So, you know, that's going to take certain resources, but I also want to turn it into a platform of value mm. and we cannot sit around and let mastercard visa and paypal deplatform people from mm. fucking money mm. 
So mm. this is now happening. So mm. and it's not just them. It's you know it's it's all it's Square, it's Stripe, it's Swipe, it's Swish, it's Swoop. Mm. They're all cutting businesses out that are not politically correct. Mm-hmm. Or Absolutely. sell CBD uh, in the wrong state. CBD, mm-hmm. not THC, CBD. Mm-hmm. Well, this is an outrage. So mm-hmm. that's why we need to have alternative payment systems. And right. whatever works and is simple, what Adam Curry can set up in his uh, little house in Texas and, and show his wife proudly, look, I, I spun off my own wallets. And look, I'm, oh, I just sent the money to you. Isn't that cool? And she lovingly says, baby, I know you're going to solve something big for the future. And she's like all on board because of the excitement. Yeah. That's that's where I want to go. Right. Everything else is dragging me down. Yeah. So if you say, you know, if we have a conversation, say, here's what I'm looking to do. You say, try this implementation. I'll be the first one to do it. Yeah. That's all I want. So right. people, there need to be more people like me. And you know what? They get I, my eyes start to twitch because I'm so animated about this because people really got in my face about it. Yes. And I don't care that much because I, just, yeah. I, don't, I'm not, I don't get butthurt over that. But right. it's surprising. It's like, man, I'm so what? I'm ignorant. I don't know. But give me a, give me a break. Show me the way. Give me give me give me something I can look at, something I can talk to somebody about. That's yeah. All. Yeah. The crypto community is terrible. I'll be honest. Racism is what it is. <laughs> cryptism, cryptism, cryptism. It, they are terrible. So I got to tell you, I got, I, that's I, a bumper I, sticker. The crypto community is horrible. Oh, <laughs> <tip> Jesus. <laughs> so I got to tell you how I got introduced to the crypto community. And it's yeah. very much like you. I said the wrong thing. They attacked me. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. So I had them come on my channel and debate. And I listened to the two sides argue. And I, what I really realized was it's basically store of value versus means of exchange. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're arguing about. Really? So I'm like, How, what, a, what a senseless argument. Correct. <laughs> it's like senseless. Senseless. Yes. yes. So they're arguing about like what Bitcoin should be. And it's not the white paper and Satoshi and a whole bunch of shit I didn't give a fuck about. So when I finally got to the bottom of it, I understood how these things came to be, how the conversation evolved to what it is now and where I'm going to take the conversation and what I think the power in crypto is, right? And that's kind of like what I wanted to bring to you. What should I, I give believe- you, I give my, my, my overall vision, which it might be yours? Yes. yes. So I personally have trust and faith in Bitcoin okay. for storing the stash. Okay. And then depending on what I need to do, mm-hmm. there are many alternatives. Yes. Um, I like lightning as uh, because I can kind of control that myself. And it's just something I've been exposed to. And I got the node. Well, lightning is just a glorified escrow account. Yes, exactly. It's just a glorified escrow account, which could be very handy for me for something I'm looking at. Yeah. Then I look at, well, if I need to do smart contracts, it might be an ERC 20 compatible coin, but I feel it all flows back to BTC. It all flows back to Bitcoin for me as the main place where that's probably where I most, I don't know. I just feel secure and having it there. So store of value is my, is how I feel about it. Right. Whether right. it's true or not is how I feel about it. It's a pretty safe place to be. Right. It's feel a safe. safe. Yeah. It's feel a very safe. safe. It's a very safe place to be. What I feel the uniqueness in crypto is, and you've touched on this is the fact that a thousand coins can exist. Money needs competition to be effective. Sure. 
And that's why that's what I like about crypto. So mm -hmm. that's why I get worried when I hear people, they're all like BTC maximalists. You said this on Joe Rogan, fuck all the other coins, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I get it from an investor's point of view, but okay. Um, I'm, so I, let me apologize. Can I just apologize and say, I'm really sorry. You don't got to no, apologize. No, 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 I'm not apologize. I am because it, it's almost as bad. Really? It was, I didn't realize what kind of stick I was jamming into the, uh, into the den because yeah. it would almost have been like saying it's ADOS and fuck every, every other color, which maybe <laughs> I actually said by accident. You, you know? did. You did so, say so that. Here you go. You I said fuck Hotep Jesus. <laughs> I, I made the same mistake in two categories and I repent. I fucking repent and I am sorry. And I stand corrected and I feel good about it. And, uh, and so now, uh, that's how I feel about uh, Bitcoin. It's it, all the all the rest is utility. I think it all. I mean, I hold just because of the rumors. I hold XLM and uh, and XRP. Of course, you know, you got just got to have a little bit. Like why why the hell not? And that's yeah. it. And then I got my wallet here, and I got you know, you know, I got a uh, cold wallet. Be careful talking about XRP. <laughs> well, you know, I I have a feeling it's. I don't know. I you know. What, I hold, some, get into I hold some XRP, by the I way. I hold just, it just for the conspiracy. I love it. Correct. I love the whole story. I love the, the scanned papers from the office of the comptroller of the currency. I, I love the, the shots, the opening shots that were supposed to happen in August. But, oh, maybe October. Hey, I've been in this business a long time. I'm still waiting for the thousands of sealed indictments that are coming that is going to put away all of the Mueller team and everyone's going to jail. There is stuff happening. But, you know, I've been waiting a long time for a lot of things, like Bigfoot, you know, yeah. you wait a long time for a lot of things. <laughs> you get tired in your 50s, you go, I, I believe not, I'm not hanging on to it. Yeah. I'm not hanging on to so, it. So the last thing I want to talk about with Bitcoin, we're going to talk about and get back to politics and culture and things. Um, <laughs> Something lighthearted. Yeah. Um, Bitcoin is still very much um held captive by the banks i have to put out thirty thousand dollars or i shouldn't say me my team coinbits app shout out to maher and yusuf who created coinbitsapp.com brought me as a partner later on um but thirty thousand dollars is what we're going to pay in attorney fees to operate as a an exchange in mm -hmm. all 50 states in america mm -hmm. um binance picked up and left america mm -hmm. um there are people that are forced to use VPNs to trade some of these currencies. Sure. So Bitcoin has not been able to, to sidestep the government and people would purport and say, oh, this is the stuff that's going to free us from the bankers. But it's like, nah, if you're going to do banking in America with Bitcoin, you better have your ID ready. Yeah. be KYC'd. And there's not enough education on how to use Bitcoin. I, didn't, I shouldn't say there's not enough education. There's plenty of education out there on how to use Bitcoin anonymously, but not everybody knows about using Bitcoin anonymously, washing wallets, et cetera. Mm -hmm. A lot of education that has to go into that. So Bitcoin has not freed anybody in America from the bankers. Um, I, yeah, I guess technically you're right. I mean, for me, uh, it just feels better that it feels, I mean, it's like saying, has, is the internet really free for us? Well, you know, kind of isn't in so many ways, or it's like, I guess it's in a way it's like sitting inside of Facebook and saying, I'm free. Um, 
<laughs> um, but at least I, I feel I have control over the small things I need to do. I mean, I, I, I realize that we need people to be able to move millions quickly to actually have a system run. Um, I, I could at this point begrudgingly because of, I know where we're headed. Um, I could live inside a, 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 a I, I, I could live that way and I could see my family operating that way. Um, and we're talking smaller amounts, you know, you're talking stuff that is what you're talking about is not really going to matter. And we will feel free for that. If we're also exchanging with merchants who, you know, use the same or similar systems. And I think we will f feel freer and it will be better because there's no real such, there's no concept of credit in the system. Not mm. that it can't be created, mm. but we can certainly get people off, you know, 24%, uh, credit cards and thinking differently about mm. money. I think mm. that would be a huge step because when you hold a crypto wallet, you think differently, it comes in, it goes out, you see what it costs. And it's, um, if we're going to go that way anyway, speaking of marketing, maybe we all can move beyond the religious shit and start training our people how to use this because this is not being taught in schools, how to mm. function with digital money, mm. how invoicing works, how uh, partial payments, you know, just all of that beyond the, is it safe? You know, mm. that you mm. bake that in. That's the education we need to be me looking at. And I think, and what does everyone bitch about in the crypto world? To my experience, the wallets, mm. the wallets all suck. That wallet sucks. This wallet sucks. Well, someone better get this shit together and stop bitching about the chain and get on the wallet. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. 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 How are you? <laughs> for real, for real. This is time. Um, some more concern for you regarding Bitcoin. Alex Jones, Ben told us, they were coming with a one world digital currency. Years ago, he told us. And out of the blue pops his Bitcoin, who we don't know who the inventor was, but we do know that the NSA created the algorithm that Bitcoin runs on. No concern of that bothers you, uh, Adam? Yeah, Curry? no, I was very anti-Bitcoin for, um, gosh, six years. The first year, six years, I laughed at it. I scoffed. I mocked it. Mm. I call it the the beanie babies of money. <laughs> yeah, I did. It's like, and so subsequently all crypto, it's like, don't, don't care. It's, don't give a shit. It's totally bogus. Mm. Um, and of course, this isn't an obvious problem. Where did it come from? And I've always considered that the actual proof of work statements are part of maybe a rainbow table or some fantastic hash that just will be able to decode and decrypt everything in the universe because of the horsepower behind it. And why not? I mean, it's doing the work anyway. So yeah, I've always thought that that's part of the system and, or someone who's really smart and is somehow generating actual electricity from it or something. I don't know because yeah. the work is being done. So you know, a rainbow table, you know, something really big that would uh, be a fantastic use for uh for decryption and doing amazing um, next next level shit, that's totally possible. And and I've got to, if that's true, then I'd have to say, wow, man, I'm glad to have been a part of that one way or the other yeah. because that's just amazing. You know, that's your simulation theory right there. Is, you know, the mm -hmm. so maybe that, maybe yeah. I don't know, yeah. but I'm I just like using it. it makes it easy. 
So yeah, I just, you know, as we close out the Bitcoin conversation, I just like everybody know you should purchase Bitcoin from Hotep Jesus at coinbitsapp.com. We only charge a dollar per transaction. You might be using another platform that says it's free, but really they're charging you on the uh, back. Can end. I ask you a question? So you take uh, uh, a credit card and you turn it into Bitcoin? No, we take raw cash from your bank account. No credit okay. cards. Right. A the ACH? Yeah, ACH. Okay. Well, I want an account with you right away. Dope. Dope. I, Thanks. Oh, right, yeah. right. I go through Coinbase. I mean, you're cheaper than Coinbase, I presume. Yes. Yeah. And do you also yeah. have an API? Yes. No. Well, no, not yet. We, we can build we can build one. Okay. We need to seriously talk because I've an, I have an idea. Okay. A big idea. Okay. I yeah. like big ideas. I had no idea. So fuck me. It took me two and a half hours to figure out why we're together. <laughs> it's not for this conversation. There's some business we got to do. Let's talk business. That's what I do. Now tell me I don't believe in the Lord, man. There's a reason <laughs> for that. That's God is good. God is good always. Huh. huh. The, okay. Well, we're done then. Uh, we figured it out. We have business to do. <laughs> That's I, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I, I can't wait to hear your idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't really, I, I, I watched like um, uh, the episode you had with uh, Uncle Hotep. No, 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 no. I have my favorite sportscaster. I'm a little tired. Jason now. Whitlock. With Jason Whitlock, who I love that guy. He, yeah, he trips me out. He, I'd laugh so hard. I was like, yeah, it's just it's like, please come drink a beer with us. We want to hang out with Jason. Um, so, you know, and he gave you a little bit of hotep. You know, you gave him some hotep stuff. And so I watched that. But I really didn't, didn't look. I know you're an entrepreneur, but I really didn't understand what you were doing. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm happy that we went this roundabout way to to get down. So now we can skip all that. We can just get to some business later. That'd be cool. But it'll, have yeah. to, it'll, it'll have to be tomorrow because I won't be able to talk straight after this. No, that's fine. That's trust me. No problem. I do a I do a Saturday class where we talk business from eleven thirty to one p.m. every Saturday. Uh -huh. Um, and I help entrepreneurs, you know, get to the next stage of their business. So you know, um, Saturdays I'm I'm always in that mindset anyway. So that's perfect. Or even during the week, there's no rush. You know, you're so, here. So you, you just uh, you just exchange uh, fiat for uh, for Bitcoin. Yep. It's beautiful. That's, that's exactly what we do. And so. Uh, of course, you know, the, the I guess <laughs> I follow this because, you know, Coinbase, I guess they're getting their bank, their banking. You know, this is a becoming a bank or the, the level that you're playing at right now. Respect. Thanks. Respect, Thanks. man. Thanks. I mean, big respect, because that you're playing with people who do not fuck around. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I got I got a little jingle for you. R-E-S-P-I-C-T. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Reverend Al. Reverend Al knows that it's how you spell respect. <laughs> I can't believe he said that. <laughs> and these are our black leaders. Yeah, well, this is our producers here at No Agenda. They make cool, cool, cool jingles out of that stuff. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, respect for you. So you just take a dollar per transaction, not a, not a, you got to take a VIG at a certain point or is it just straight up? straight up dollar man how do you how do you how do you how do you do that just volume it's gotta be volume volume it's Damn. per transaction so you know every buy and sell and we've done right. cool things where we haven't charged people to sell in some instances they don't know it but we just right. were kind of cool about that right so then our ach partner we have a great deal with the new ach partner 
Um, we were working with, I don't want to say who, but they were terrible. Don't worry about us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So our new ACH partner gives us a nice cut. And um, so we're able to charge uh, uh, only a dollar, you know. And, and what, so what's this 30000 in lawyer fees you were talking about? What's the hassle? Um, we need licensing. We licensing for to, 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 to be an exchange. So the difference between us and all exchanges is the fact that um, it's a custodial wallet. You're familiar with that terminology? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Of course. So it's a we're we're a custodial wallet, and we want so you to got allow lots people. of responsibilities for the security and the safety of of what you're holding. Yeah, we're fine. We don't really care about that too much. We just want people to own their Bitcoin, have the keys to their Bitcoin. So if you mm-hmm. want to transfer, if you buy Bitcoin to us through us mm-hmm. for a dollar, mm-hmm. we want you to be able to transfer that to your Bitcoin wallet right, right which now, is what, which is what we want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. to keep the power in your hands right now you know if you buy let's say a thousand dollars worth of bitcoin and you're ready to sell your bitcoin yeah we're going to sell you whatever it's worth right um but it's going to come to your bank account in usd and not bitcoin right yeah well that's exactly what you want and all the rest is you you, i want to take it i don't want a custodial wallet with you i just want to have my own wallet right and that's the that's where the 30k comes into play we got an actual quote from uh, Peter but, uh, but but you you have I don't understand what the license is for if it's for for allowing me to take my money out of your wallet into my own wallet that's what you have to pay all these lawyers fees for yeah why <laughs> what's the rule what's the rule let me call and that's my what, senator that's what I said <laughs> New York is actually one of the hard there's some places there's some states where you file and you're good to go right like 50 buck filing fee whatever but places like New York Obviously, we're not surprised. Oh, you, mean, you mean where the New York Fed is? <laughs> the, the money changers of choice, ladies and gentlemen? You're up against... Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand, Hotep Jesus is not up against the man. He's up against the man's man. This is like high-level, like, who's this fucking kid shit? Wow, man. Okay, I'm with yeah. you. Yeah, I want to support you. I really want to support you, and I'm bringing my army. I got an oh. army. I got some, I got some ideas. Yeah, That's cool. dope. That's cool. dope. Yeah, Dude, we should have talked about this right in the beginning because skip all that other stuff, man. Yeah, damn, damn, so, damn, damn. And this is how I plan to help the black community, right? These winning like this, right? Hey, you and, know what? Your brothers and sisters over here on the on the white side, we're good with the help too. We appreciate it because <laughs> I'm know, here the, for it. At the end, the money's green; it's going in and out. You know, so absolutely. That's uh, that is, of course, the true color of America. Let's be honest. Yeah, 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 hell yeah. You know, so but yeah, it's just a real hassle filing in each state. You know, each state has its own rules. New York and you know what they make you pay for that, and it's a lot of work for the attorney, which is why the fees. Are yeah, I got it. So. um and that's literally to to do that type of transaction across state lines to those individual states. Uh, yeah, okay. and then and we haven't even spoken about we haven't spoken about international. That's just domestic licensing. <laughs> so to operate in America uh-huh. and trade internationally, each yeah. country is going to need its own filing. Yeah. We're going to need to file with the SEC here yeah. in America, and, and that's and why we, I'm like. Uh-huh. And if anyone ever hears Hotep Jesus saying. Man, it was racist. They didn't let me in. Let me tell you, that's not true. It's because he's a troublemaker. It doesn't matter. He could be a green Martian. They see him coming like, uh-oh, this this is no good. <laughs> this is no good. Well, power yeah. to you, man. However I can help. And again, I, I have an idea we can at least bring, bring, um, bring, a, people, bring, can get something going. Okay. And, you know, we need people to use it. You know, we need to get beyond the kind of, 
know, I bought, you know, some AWS time or I bought a gift card, you know, we need to get, we need to move into some real value that people understand. Yeah. Are you familiar with Pierce Brock? The name, but I know it doesn't, you know. Uh, he was in that movie, the Rich Kid movie, went back in the day, then he did Mighty Ducks movie, um, but now he's running for president, um, but he's big in the tech world. Um, he, he he does a couple of things and he's into cryptocurrency too. Mm-hmm. Very interesting guy. I just, you know, it's of no consequence. I just was wondering if you ever heard of him. Uh, no, I'm in touch with. No, I'm still, um, still, I'm still mulling over what I learned about what you're doing. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got AI too. We're in AI too. So I'm coming from a lot of different angles. I have an AI company doing some great things as well. We're, we're, we're closing in on a couple of six figure contracts with that company as well. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, I, I got the nonprofit making only costing podcastindex.org, <laughs> which is where we are literally building the future of podcasting and podcast apps and experiences. So uh-huh. we're kind of creating the the yin to the yang of the closed systems who want to uh, keep people closed in and entertained. Let's talk about that, right? Like, the, well, let me read some super chats and we're going to talk that and Apple and what okay. you're doing with the podcasting against Apple and a 30% okay. take. Um, okay. where did I leave off? Oh, Ken Thoreau. What up, Ken? Um, make sure y'all follow Damned History on Instagram. It's Ken. He said, uh, thank you both for setting this up. This, uh, the solutionary lifestyle in action. Yeah. Shout out to Maj and Black Lives, Black Guns Matter. Hotep and Bill meets in the morning. Yes, sir. Adam, uh, he said, Curry interviewed, uh, Michael Jackson in the eighties. He's rubbed shoulders with some of Grace Icon's pioneers from the black music industry. Yeah, he has. That's crazy. Um, Matthew Erickson, 499 Super Chat, said the co-founder of Netflix is the great nephew of Bernays and nephew of Sigmund Freud. Can't imagine that he has any impact <laughs> on the company. <laughs> Gee, I didn't know that. That's pretty funny. Yeah. All I'm saying, yes, darling, I would love a glass of wine. That'd be great. My, my lovely wife is Tell Tina me so messages. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're following her. She's like, Hotep, follow me. Yeah, and, I saw it. <laughs> and, and I'm like, that's cool. She's going to bring you follow and check this out. And then, uh, and then I say, how many followers you got? She said, 20,000. I said, really? She said, no, 3,400. So everyone go follow her. Elin, yeah, Kong, go you? follow Tina. She, she, wants, she needs follows. I just, I just <laughs> followed her. So click, click my following and you'll find her profile. So the <laughs> latest person I follow. So she's right there. Oh, that was hilarious. T-Bone said, is that the YouTube guy Cohen from Amsterdam, brother? The one that teaches <laughs> white boys how to hook up with black women? You can tell they related. <laughs> Uh, Sir Bubba Hotep said Trump stole Marianne Williamson number. Good troll, great troll. Michael, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Michael Minton said critical thing is at all time low with social toxicity running rampant. We all need to use our noggins and stand up for each other. In my opinion, from Sir uh, ITM from Sir uh, Mittens. What's ITM? Oh, uh, in the morning. Um, one of those things that developed on our show a long time ago came, came kind of as hi, darling. Came kind of you're gonna get followers. <laughs> Thank you, I love you. Um, it started from a weenie in the butt episode on Family Guy. It's a long story, but they would always do like a takeoff of a morning zoo. Be like, hey, everybody, it's uh, Adam C. DeCurry, John C. Dvorak. We're here in the morning, everybody. And, uh, and you know, so that just developed into instead of saying good morning, we say in the morning or in Spanish uh, or Chinese or French. <laughs> or German. So it's just a thing. And and then it got shortened to ITM. And now it's like a universal, like a secret handshake. Gotcha. It's like uh, you see someone you say, in the morning. And they go like, in the morning. And then we all know. 
you know, it's kind of like, hey, it's our code. Uh, I dig it. I dig it. We're, so we're so inside, inside jokes I'm not familiar with. Um, Chronoberry said, Adam, I'm going to dump transaction hashes containing immutable podcasts to podcast index. It won't be Bitcoin uh, you like, but you cannot stop me. Shout out to Chrono Bear. Chad Lemoyne said, redacted as new name, the man's men. <laughs> the man's men. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, let's talk about like Apple and they're snatching what, 30%, right? Of what? Of Rev. I heard you talking about this on Rogue and you said you were getting away from the Apple podcast or something like that. Well, no, 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 no. Um, you have to go back in the history of podcasting when, um, you know, this was kind of developed in a very open way. Dave Weiner and I connected. Uh, he uh, did the initial RSS, and I convinced him to put something in there that would make basically the uh, enclosure or the attachment, the file, uh, possible for reception by something on the back end. And that back end to me, actually several years after that, because this was in 2000, was the iPod. And so I saw the iPod, and I, this is how I think. Again, this is why I'm not a billionaire. I saw the iPod that some other billionaire made, and I went, that's not a, a jukebox, that's a radio receiver. And I can mm. use that RSS thing to have radio shows or episodes or daily shows, whatever, show up. Mm. And I jerry-rigged that and created it, and that was the example. Mm. And then Steve Jobs asked me to come visit and have a, a nice chat, which was one of the best hours I've ever had. Um, and he said, you know, is it okay if I put podcasting into iTunes? But they didn't have the iPhone yet. That was still, uh, uh, the iPod. Okay. Uh, and I said, well, yeah, fuck yeah, of course. And I said, you know, and here's the index. And so they became kind cause we had already built a, an index mm. and they became the de facto index of podcasting. Now they've oh. been very good stewards. They've been very uh, gracious, and they've allowed every other podcast app that wants to to talk to their database uh, and and get the podcasts out. So right. the problem is twofold. Now we have because of cancel culture, which is for Apple much less important. I like them as a company still for a number of reasons because you're not they don't have an ad business. But when people start to fuck like I I don't want to use your phone because I can get you know Alex Jones is bad, then they're gonna stop that real real quick. That's yeah. what it's all about. It's not mm. about your health or anyone's, you know, anyone's feelings. It's about money. Advertisers yeah. walk, people get canceled. End of story. That's how it works. It's advertising. It's about money. It has nothing to do with you feeling good about getting someone off because they hurt your feelings. You're being controlled by companies' bullshit. Mm. But Apple did it. And you also have to go through their process going in, mm. their, their vetting process. They have every reason to block whatever they want or remove what they want, but it has a cascading effect. And now, so we have that on one hand, where we had this, no, the centralized system is kind of under one company's control. And all these other companies have now sucked up all of those, all of that information and are making shows private that you can no longer get on your own radio. So it's basically like Howard Stern. You could get Howard Stern on the radio in New York, and all of a sudden you needed a satellite radio. Mm. And, you know, and that kind of sucked. And mm. now there's reasons why that makes sense, because car companies got in bed and they said, you know, let's use your proprietary system and your satellites and all that, and let's have an experience for our customers. But with the internet, 
we're here. We don't actually need Facebook. We don't really. If you want to get promotion, if you need to be a star, okay. But if I need to talk to you, you know, Malcolm X style, white men to black man, I don't need that. I don't need that. We can do it. There's this apps and programs and there's open source stuff. I run a Mastodon node. You know, we got noagendasocial.com. There's no deep platforming there. There's no algos to fuck with your head. Yeah. It's just normal conversation. We don't need all those other places. Right. Don't, not really. So I want to preserve that for podcasting so that if you want to hear, you know, Alex Jones or, you know, there's a lot of stuff you say, one day you'll get the platform for something you said because, mm-hmm. you know, you already said you're not really black, you're Hotep. So, right. you know, you could be racist at any minute. Yeah. There's a lot of this going on, by the way. Right. A lot of, pe- a lot of people, black African-Americans being called racists, you know, I can come up with a couple other names. So they're getting canceled. That's canceled. That's so, yeah. so we need to ensure that doesn't happen. The only answer to any problem you have with speech is more free speech. And I don't want anyone to be able to cancel. And it should always be available. And there's enough people who think this way who mm-hmm. want to create applications and players and experiences uh, and make it easy for you to maintain that yourself. It just you know, it's it's not it's not meant as a big money maker. If I figure something out where I can provide some kind of value, I'll want my piece of it, and it'll be transparent. But this is what I do. Yeah, yeah. And, this is, and and it's beautiful to see who shows up. So, what happened to Alex Jones? Right, let's talk about that. Um, you said that after Apple bans Alex Jones, the RSS feed disappears for tons of other networks. Yeah, it it so. Uh, many of the apps that people were using for podcasting, which are just made by independent people, and some people charge for them. A lot of them are free, like Stitcher and such. Not such. What well, th- that's now different. But back in the day, yes, yeah, Stitcher was purchased, okay. so Stitcher is now kind of they're they're now kicking stuff out. Okay, this is the problem. So we have this this index that Apple maintains, mm-hmm. and if anyone want, if you want any other app than the Apple Podcast app, if you just want to build one your own that does it differently, i.e. different radios. I think we can all agree that people can have different radios, different phones, different headphones, different microphones. Yeah. It shouldn't be just one company that provides your radio. Right. Shouldn't just. Right. Okay. Especially because I want to be able to hear all the stations. Right. So if they decide they don't like a station, I have no other radio to use. And, and then the station's gone. That's a deplatforming. So we're the index where everything is in there. By the way, it can be a sermon. That's a valid podcast. It can be mm. a speech, a series mm. of speeches. I, I subscribe to a feed of the president's speeches. Mm. I subscribe to a feed of, uh, well, Democrat Party uh, speeches, but mostly, mostly Joe Biden and Harris. And it comes into my podcast app. And I listen to that sometimes. Mm. I like it, and I have mm. it. It's, it's, that's also valid to me as a podcast. And that to be a show can be all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. I want that to be available. I want anyone to be able to make it and make it available right away. Not, mm. I want to start a podcast. I'm going to put this in it, and then I have to go talk to Apple. Mm. That is, I love Apple for doing it, and they've done it very well. But that's mm-hmm. not freedom. I don't. Why should I have to ask anybody for permission? And then all those other apps take that same Apple index. So when they remove it, everyone else can't get it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So we have the same amount, if not more, of those feeds and it's building. And we're actually dealing with some of the community issues about 
fake feeds and you know people scamming feeds and stuff that Apple really they've done a lot and they help a lot but there's you know there's we, we can distribute the load everybody can can participate in stopping that like universal list that can stop some of the well it detected actually some AI machine learning people are coming in to help with that so okay. we're really solving a very big problem that um, uh, wasn't set up right to begin with and the independent developers never got a fair shake at uh, trying to help build a beautiful ecosystem and platform where they could actually make money as well. Because, you know, if you're an app guy and you made this beautiful index and a player and people use it and you see, you know, people making money off commercials and you just putting your hard work and not getting any money, you're going to stop making radios. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, that's, that's where I think we can provide value to bring them in with their, because that, they got, you know, these people create the iPhone, they create the Tesla, they create fantastic things. They'll, they'll find something cool once they don't have to deal with the incredible hassle of maintaining 1.8 million feeds of RSS with all associated crap and junk and spam and scam and incorrectness in it. And we got a big bunch of people who are working on that. Podcastindex.org. Developers mm. sign up now. We mm. want you. How, how do I get involved? How do I put my podcast on there? If, well, your podcast is already in there. I mean, we, we have... So if you look at the stats, um, the number of podcasts that update, update in the last three days is about 80,000 worldwide. Mm. So, you know, we track that. Um, we're aggregating. We're, we're, we're learning how to aggregate... Uh, the right feeds on time. This is uh, these are all big problems. What's the website again? Say the website name again. Podcastindex.org. And if you do slash stats, then you'll uh this will be interesting. Podcastindex.org. Okay, yeah. I'm so, there now. And if you do slash stats, okay. Because there's really nothing to do here. This is more for developers. You'll see. 95,000 have published in the past three days. Right. And you can see over three month period, it's 490,000 uh, podcasts have published. Mm. So, so what does that mean? Is that it's manageable from a, um, a, a computer science and data perspective to create all kinds of beautiful things with that limited yet big enough amount of volume. You know, it's like, it's not, a billion feeds, you know, that's Facebook level shit. That's Twitter level. We can't do that. There's not going to be a billion podcast feeds. So we, we are able to manage this. We have people uh, supporting us with donations. We always say time, talent, treasure. You know, you can, you can help by just promoting it, letting people know, helping, you know, donate. Um, but I, I'm convinced that we will see some of these brilliant people come up with ideas that no one thought of before. And uh, we'll have value for the entire chain, for the entire ecosystem. We just never really had the opportunity because I kind of foolishly gave the original index and that endorsement to Apple. Mm -hmm. So I am repenting a bit for that. I, I was ignorant and did not know. Uh, but man, I, 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 future, but, yeah. but I but I feel very uh, bullish about the future and and what we can actually create. And it'll be amazing, you know, because no one has to become a billionaire, but everybody could get pretty damn rich doing it. Yeah. If so, we do it right. Right. So how'd you get us on there? Forgive me if you already answered that, but how did you um, get up? Uh, we have so many people actually have 
donated their own databases. We have everything. Oh, but okay. So you're just we also have yeah. all systems now running and making sure that it's in there. So, so how do I find my podcast on your site? You can't find it publicly just yet. We're, we're hooked in now to different uh, podcasts. So if you go to uh, podnews.com as an example, okay, uh, their search is now coming from our index. Okay. Okay. So what site is that again? Say it again. Podnews.com. Okay. Watch it, watch, it, watch it not be in there. That'd be fucking hilarious. Podnews.net or .com? I think it's .com. Okay. It, they were the first ones, one of the first ones to integrate, actually. Okay. I got a... Those guys are cool. I got a Google warning about unsafe. Well, uh, that, can't, that can't be right. <laughs> all right. So it's .net. It's .net. It is .net. Yeah. It's got to um, be. Yeah. Okay. So... Yeah. Yeah. We're in there. Are you in the base, man? Let me see. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Let me let me share my screen so everybody can see what's here. Boom. Right here. It says uh, the podcast index. Uh, hotel's been told you're trying to make the world more hotel. Cool. So where does that take you now if you click on that? Let's see. It takes us to the screen. And this is our most recent episode. Cool. So it works. Yeah. Hallelujah. Doing those demos live is always very nerve wracking. And you even pull up my stats. That I don't know where that comes from. Now the pod, the pod news guys are doing great shit over there. So I don't know what they're pulling from us or, but here's the cool thing. Yeah. We're seeing these guys like, like this who have, they have interesting data and they're feeding it back into the index. We got all you know, categories, all kinds of things, all the shit that never got solved and was always, a problem and a and a uh, a hurdle for people to create something new. I mean, not every podcast app should look like an inbox. You know what I'm saying? Should be <laughs> give me something new. Why can't I just have a Hotep app? There's only a Hotep podcast, and you curate it. All you have to do is press buttons. You don't have to run the whole index and the aggregation. That's mm. commute. That's at this point community fed. Mm, mm, mm. Dope. Um, I agree with you when you talk about. Uh, Corporations having the right to just ban people, right? Because it's a private entity. And I was stupid. We don't need it. We can run our own servers. We're just a bunch of loser whining people. If you got a son or a daughter, the best thing you can do is give them an old crappy laptop and a Linux CD and say, come back to me when you've got it up and running. And then we're going to talk about setting up your email server and a little web server. And now you're ready for the digital world. Now you understand how it works. You can feel the bits going in and out and what connects it. And it's not just this mindless app that is doing stuff that you don't even know it's nudging you to do things. Mm. You've got to go command line really <laughs> to learn what's happening. You know, it's like history, like everything. You need to have a little history. There's no history to computing now. It's yeah. uh, it's uh, sorcery. Yeah, they talk about that at like some of the uh, political rallies. They say if you go to a leftist political rally, you see a bunch of people with technology, laptops, streaming, all types of you know high tech stuff. You go to conservative rally to see MAGA hats and and iPhones. <laughs> you know, you don't see the technology like you do at the left wing rallies. You were thinking something. No, I'm 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 considering that. I guess so. I mean, I, that's, I think that's I, what that's what I've seen. Like, but I've seems gotten... like everybody across the spectrum is trying to up their Instagram channel. You know, that's what. No matter mm -hmm. what, everyone's like, 
I'm here at the burning building. It's on fucking Instagram. I'm over here. I'm look at look. It's Air Force One. It's America's cock, everybody. Woo! <laughs> Come on, how good is that? Again, that is platinum service for the for the people of America. You go to a, an airplane hangar. It is come on. It is it is our phallic symbol. It's it's it, you want to talk about NLP. It's like hello. This I'm President Trump. This is my dick, but it's also yours. Mm. You own that. You own that sucker. So I parked it here for you to marvel at it. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> yes. Oh, and that's then, and, then he, and then he makes and he's if, you know you can tell he's wearing the red tie. He's all he's all riled up. He's going to make some crazy jokes. I'm waiting for the material. If he wears the striped tie, it's going to be a little nuanced blue tie is CEO Trump. This is the new guy we see on TV. CEO okay. Trump, he's not rattled by the questions anymore. In fact, he answers them and stays pretty calm. And then he says, next, no, that's okay. And then he goes over there and, hey, are you a lying son of a sack of shit? No, I'm doing a good job for the American people. And then he's like, it's like, get three of those in a row. All right, everybody, thanks, I'm gonna go. And it's CEO Trump and the shit he's saying, he's delivering it like a CEO does quarterly results. Pay attention because yeah, this yeah. is the guy you're going to see now. They don't, they don't want to admit it in the mainstream, and that's across the board. They don't admit it. See, this is now the presidential CEO Trump that, um, that I think everybody wanted, and now the mm. contrast for me is so big. I'm like, okay. Because if he was like that, it wouldn't have mattered what he did. They would have thought mm. it was a dick. You Were know, you a Trump guy from the beginning? I called him as a as as the winner a, right in the beginning. I said, "This guy can do it. Mm. This guy can." I and you know I can't remember when it was. But it was very early on, and uh, this was when I think I don't think what, I don't remember what Dvorak was saying, but he was like, "No way." I said, "Look, I'm just basing this on marketing and what I see. I think he hit it. I think he mm. fucking nailed it with this, mm. and mm. something's going to happen." Um, and by the way, following that and enjoying his journey. Mm. Uh, was very negative for business. People, really? well, people immediately became your Trump supporter. The oh, mind control yeah, came very yeah. quickly, my man. Very quickly. Yeah. Whereas I'm just always against the media. The media was always so kind to Obama. It was fun to go get you know what actually happened on the raw tape. It's like, bah, this is what they were covering up. So of mm. course it looks like, oh, I'm a I'm a alt right nut right you know nut nut job whatever unaffiliated really i give a hundred dollars to both democrat and republicans just to get on the emailing list and by the way i've been selected for an 800 percent match by the president himself so mm. that's God damn. <laughs> it's total so i get all the marketing it's important to know um and it, it's 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 the media that is just yeah that, that completely that's completely distorting everything for their own gig which is okay they just that's how they make money but yeah people are hypnotized by it they're good they're so good at it yeah that, that, that was that was the first thing that really drew me to trump was his anti-media stance because of the, you know <laughs> fake news yeah the whole time yeah. i'm like you know news is fake we need to stop you know paying attention to the media the news that's what got me too come. that's what got me too and then i saw yeah. him stand in front of the political system and say bullshit fake politics i saw him get in front of the medical system and said fake, fake medical fake science bullshit yeah. yeah i saw him get in front of um wall street mm. in mm. front of china mm. and said mm. no fuck this bullshit mm -hmm. 
child yeah. trafficking first human trafficking first president to really focus and have a task force on it mm-hmm. he says mm-hmm. this is bullshit what's going on mm-hmm. doj just released something or, or, or oh they've been releasing all the michael flynn documents it's phenomenal this yeah it's like it's beyond egregious the fbi should be no, I don't want to say it, but it's what happened there is is really my family comes from intelligence, all more CIA and DIA. My uncle and uh, my grandparents, and just you know, we're military, we're service family. I'm the okay. black sheep of the family, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't complete college, none of that. Um, Work for MTV. And, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's really. Um, it's so anti-American and unpatriotic and just fucking douchebaggery what 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 is going on. And it's yeah. like no surprise, but we got what has happened is politicians still use the old communication system. And mm. certainly the older ones, and we got some that are up there. And it's like do an interview with the New York Times, do the Washington Post, do ABC, do the important Sunday show, message will be out, people will obey. Because we tell them, and when those publications tell them, then it's the word. Mm. Uh, but now we're, we got our own system, and we're not having that. And Trump is a, truly the first internet president. He's like, no, I'm just going to tell him what I think on Twitter. Here I go. Mm. And that's, that's what did it. Mm. So now we all said, oh, fuck, we can all say exactly what we feel on Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook and whatever. And you know what? Whether he wins or not, I will forever thank him for being the man that made us look at ourselves and said, what the fuck are we and who, who are, what are we doing to each other? And we, we need to sit down. Every, this is not black, white. This is as Americans. Americans, we need, to sit down, yeah. we need to sit down and say, do we really want this society the way it is? Do we really want a third person for everything? Can we just go over to our neighbor and talk to them? Do we really need to call the cops? Do we really need to have this or that? You know, do we need to have every a lawyer every single time? That's my view. Mm. You know, do we have all these? We're very good at getting third people involved with disputes. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is the legal process, which has been, you know, overused and and horrible, and just the system in general. Mm-hmm. And it goes all the way from a dispute with your neighbor to to jail. I mean, we we need to. Uh, work on that. Mm, work yes. on that. Becoming uh, a, becoming a people, you know. And 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 I I've been in a lot. Of, I've lived in other countries. It's still the best country in the world. I've been in a many other countries. I've lived there. I've uh, had healthcare there. Paid taxes there. Been a part of communities. People are always beautiful. But America is still the number one place to be, hands down. Why? Everything. It's it's still a fabric of winners and i always like hanging out with winners and we like to be winners Mm. there's a fraction that is now not happy with that or doesn't see that as the way it is but Mm. um winners hang out with winners and you know and we'll always winners and that capitalist that capitalist mentality is it really capitalism or is it just winning just being winners in life and succeeding and no i i don't know if it's yeah maybe i'm i I can't say. Uh, okay. That's hard for me to answer, but I just see it from the, the visceral level. Nowhere in the world does that um, vibe exist. It, you and I can look each other and I go, dude, we're going to do some business together. 
You want to do that in a European country? We talk about license. Let's get a license, okay? If we're going to license, even do business together, and then we're going to have to get some and these blue envelopes start showing up. I said, but you you wanted to invest in a company, you want to work at the company, but not pay yourself any money. Yeah, that's okay. But you still have to pay payroll taxes over your money that you're not giving yourself, which has to be equal to your highest paid paid employee. Uh, have a nice time getting your deal together. That's how it starts, man. Wow. That's, that's crazy. why you that's why you want less government. That's why you want less regulations. It's dangerous. It's not the safest thing in the world. You know, we don't have we try not to have regulations about how high your toilet has to be. You know, this is industry guidelines and we don't want to get ripped off and we want quality, of course. But having it when the when it's top down from the government sucks. Yeah. Sucks, 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 sucks. Yeah. And so the only thing we have as Americans, and this is your defining answer, my the answer to your question is the second amendment mm. that's it that's the difference with every other country in the world yeah and they're we trying got, to take that no that won't happen because that's the end of america that's the end that's the end of america. look at australia a bunch of bitches they became there now i love aussies i was there in 1990 before they before the voluntary uh buyback and okay. I I, lo- I I went to the outback. I went, traveled on the damn twenty four hour train to Perth, the Asia Pacific line through nuclear wastelands. I I went to Cooperpedia. I went to this you know Williams Creek. I've been uh, Sydney, Melbourne. It was fantastic. I was in awe, in awe. Mm. And the people I know there, I'm still in awe. They they are cool fucking people. Mm. But they took their guns away. And, and, you know, we, we grew up, it's like, this is a knife, mate. Like, yeah, that's the fucking guy I want to hang out. You, yeah. you go there, you have a beer. No, it's not a beer. It's a v- VB, mate. It's like this, like an oil can. Yeah. You got to drink five at a time. So, Fosters. Yes. And I went to the spinsters and bachelor ball. I mean, I, I really got a vibe for it, but, um, so that shows me that that spirit can be, now the spirit is still there, but they got broken and, mm. and it's, it's, it's almost like I can't believe this one place in Australia is locked down so tight and that the, the fellow Australians aren't coming to rescue them. You know, it's like Dan the dildo, as they call him, get out of the way. We're rescuing our fellow Aussies. Get them out of there. The, the, mm. They're crazy what they're doing. Mm. What are and they doing? The, the complete lockdown under pretenses of like four new cases a day and three people died who were in their 90s every day. And sadly, we lost three people, and she was 103. I'm like, what? And she died of COVID-19. Everyone stay in the house for another. I can, that's not my Australian accent. And, like, and everyone knows it. We figured this out here. Yeah. You know, we're like, oh, hold on a second. All right, all right. Now we see what you're doing. That was very funny. Not going to do that shit again ever to us. Ever, ever, ever. We're not going to take it. We're not going to. And they're going to yeah. try with, you know, oh, we have to go. But they're trying for- to hear now. Oh yeah, try and lock down for climate change. That's next. You watch. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you what do you what do you what do you make of 2020 and the lockdowns and the reaction to COVID and all of that? I know Rogan said he 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 doesn't believe in the conspiracy thing. Well, um he, the, the groovy news is you don't they're not hiding anything. Go to the World Economic Forum. Okay. And you'll see right there the great reset. And and they have podcasts and they have video casts and you can follow along and they're literally telling you their plan, which is to next build back better. This is not 
This is not Joe Biden's uh, his own idea. This is part of the globalist World Economic Forum, United Nations. It's, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. It's there. There, it, you know, you can go look at it. You can play along. You know, and this uh, the example is Jane Goodall, the gorilla lady. And she's in the most recent episode of The Great Reset, which is, by the way, is financial. It's uh, it's moving to uh, sustainable energy, moving the timelines up. We've got to accelerate it. So all this stuff that is really being determined by the global, the boule, the intelligentsia, the uh, mm-hmm. Illuminati, whatever you want to call it. Look at it, Prince Charles. Mm-hmm. It's obvious who it is. You know, it's the people who control mm-hmm. stuff and there's banks and it's, mm-hmm. it's all the people that we're talking about, about everything. You know, I'm sure right. Tim Cook is in some of the meetings too. Well, you know, mm. now, and now they all, ha, 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 you know, scheming around now, but it's just, they have their own life. They live there on their own frequency level mm. and not tuned into us at all. So they're doing their own thing. So, but, you know, we can slow it down. We can stop it. We can do whatever. Mm. That's why it's important to look at alternatives. You've got a network coming into your home. You don't have to think Facebook or Twitter or YouTube is the internet. No, if you have a web browser, you're good. Mm. you're a mm. one step away from freedom mm. yeah <laughs> yeah That's, yeah yeah i run we run our own servers we don't use anything well of course we have ultimately we we get rack spaces and 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 bandwidth but we don't rely on any other you know and it costs money guess what <laughs> you know there's no free ride yeah and yeah, when you get the free ride you can get kicked off the train so you get what you pay for and uh, we just have a, a tens of thousands of people who support us uh no agenda show and just make it happen and just make yeah. it happen time feel, talent and treasure yeah that, that, that world economic point you brought up it's quite interesting i always thought that this whole COVID thing was a, a huge shakedown of small business as well um and it certainly it certainly destroyed a lot of them that's for sure yeah even smes you know small to medium enterprise businesses have suffered hell yeah um and i looked at it as a consolidation of power i looked at it as uh ways to uh, breach the contract called the Constitution. If it is yes. a, con- a contract, well, it's been breached. It's in breach right now across the nation, almost. With what part? Freedom, just freedom, freedom of movement. This, you can't tell people to sit in their homes. You can't tell people to do that. But we're the ones that are breaking the contract, in my opinion. We're the ones that are fought. You know, dis- you should disobey. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not in agreement with any of this at all. I mean, I look, if I go in somewhere, if I want to go to a restaurant, the restaurant says, I want you to wear a mask either because, uh, I was told to tell you that whatever it is, that's your business. If I want to go in there, I'll have to abide by your rules. Mm. Otherwise I shouldn't go in there. So if there's something that I don't like, I'm not going to go there anymore. Right. But you know, you can't tell me I got to wear one while I'm walking downtown or walking on the street. No. No, uh, no. What about what about uh, having a party at your home over ten occupants? I don't want ten people here at any point in my life. Period. I'm not. I'm not phased by that. I'll have two people over. You know, Tina, Tina's laughing her ass off right now. I don't want a bunch of people at my house ever. We're fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not worried about these problems. That's, yeah. <laughs> you know, but but, but I, that's what if, they're trying to say. Like how many people they're trying to say you can't have over a certain amount of people in your home. I think you can have as many people over as you has w- weapons for them to use. Mm. So if you got 10 people, you got to have at least 10 firearms to keep off the idiots who say you can't be in your house doing that. 
Come yeah. on, people. What are we talking about? So let's role no, play. We've, we've been hijacked. We've been hijacked by scientists who are uh, making opinion calls and calling it science. No, 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 no. So let's no. role, let's let's role play here. You're at a a, a high school football game and uh, everybody's got their mask on, and a young lady's being arrested for not wearing her mask. You're you're sitting somewhere behind her, uh, and police officers about to arrest her, tased her. What are you doing as Adam Curry? Yeah, so I saw this, and I think every, I think everyone is thinking this question: What will you do in that moment? Mm. Um, I would really like to say that I would be brave and I would intervene in that. Um, and I know what would come of it. Um, what do you think would come of it? I would probably get tased and also hauled off to jail. I'm not going to win any fights. I mean, I'm, I'm just not, I'm just not like that, but um, I am, I have uh, seriously considered certainly if there were issues with friends of mine or their businesses and they were being threatened, I will, I will help to protect them. And, mm. and that's really because um uh there's a time when everyone has to do something and uh everyone will be okay in my life uh so if it's a friend of mine their business is threatened or you know i'd like the like the jersey gym guys you know if they had said okay i need people you know what i'm talking about the guys yeah and, yeah, yeah. yeah they got arrested in the fine yeah yeah but if they were saying okay i need people out here with the with the with some of their weapons I would, I would participate. I would, mm. I, I believe in, look, I don't want to fight anybody. I don't want to shoot anybody, but that's all we got. That's the last thing we got. This is, this is why the second amendment is there. Mm -hmm. it's, it's very important to, I, I, this is not the first time in our history we've had to show them, but there's a reason why no one invades us. They know, look at the Chinese, Japanese, that all of the Asian leaders have said throughout history, don't fuck with those guys. There's a gun everywhere. They're crazy. They're crazy over there. My, my best friend who refuses to have a gun, who does not believe in guns, allows me the, my preference. I, I would go right to his house and defend him. Mm. Of mm. course. Yeah, yeah. I'm 56. I'm, I'm there. I'm there. Yeah. I'm really there. I'm not looking for war. It doesn't matter if I had to do it with a brick or, a, or, or, or words or whatever it is. But That's it's time for people to stand up. That's the, I don't know. I'm just old school. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this is crazy. Maybe, you know, the kids have been convinced the younger children. I'm sorry. I talk, look at them as children, you know, up until 25, the children, uh, they've been convinced that something else is going on and the system is evil and all that. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Guess what? Surprise, surprise. We're all in this fucking boat, every place in the world. But for <laughs> once we have this blip on the radar where we have this internet and it's not locked down and we're spending our time arguing about dumb shit while yeah. we can actually be using it, be teaching the kids to get on there, set up some open source. I mean, there's enough of it. There's so much available. You just go on GitHub, learn how to do it. And you can start communicating with your friends, say whatever you want post your pictures, no one's gonna see, no one's gonna know, password protected, encrypted, whatever you wanna do, be free, be yeah. free online too. Uh, that's powerful, that's powerful. Let me get into some super chats real quick and I'm gonna ask you our last question before we get out of here. Uh, soon Adam will realize that, uh, podcast in it. Go I ahead, I read read that one. I, no, no, I read that one already. Uh, Ralph Guteau, $5 Super Chat. Brody McFarlane, shut up in code. What up, Brody? Big Elvis, Trump is uh, live with a uh, red tie. Uh, what does that mean uh -oh. again? Air uh, Force full, is... That means full-on new material. Uh -huh. He's got jokes coming. 
That means he's gonna he's got jokes coming. It's gonna be funny. Red tie, red tie, everybody. Trump red tie. You gotta pay attention to this shit. <laughs> I'm gonna pay attention to that shit next time. Yeah. Um, he's, guy, he's, he's easy to decode once you figure him out. It's, it's, mm. He still is amazing to me that he comes out with. I mean the platinum. Pro, I mean, come on, man. Come on. Yeah, that the was guy. Genius. The guy could sell you anything. He's so good. I like. I, I, can I be black just to have? The Trump platinum plan, please. It looks so groovy. Does it come with a card, with a membership card? I need a card. I need a card. I need a card. <laughs> um, what other super chats? Anything else? Or people, no, that was people it. Still awake? Or are they gone? Oh no, they here. They here. Yeah, they still there. Um, okay. I don't so, have any chat up now. I don't know. I I never got any of that. Let me let me ask you this last question before we get out of here. Uh, right. People been asking me, and I I, I boycotted Nike years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I burnt my Nike. So I'd like you to tell me about this Nike connection with China in NBA. People have been asking me to ask you about that. Oh, well, that's just one little portion of, of China. Um, if there's one thing consistent about President Trump is that he is always bitched about China. And I'm not talking five years. I'm talking 20 years. Every interview, it's always been China is ripping us off. China is ripping us off. And so when he came up to, the, to bat, he came up to the plate, and he had two issues. Immigration, which became the polarizing issue for a number mm-hmm. of reasons. One, voting reasons. Two, whatever we do, don't fucking talk about China. We yeah. are all, we're all, China's been the cash cow. This, this is his problem. This is the real problem of Donald Trump. Not immigration, it's China. Because mm. everybody has been sucking on the teat of China for quite a while. Mm. And it's all sides. It's Republicans, Democrats, bankers. It's like, it's, it's crazy. But particularly the politicians. Mm. Um, and if you see how integrated China is into, um, well, of course, financial. You, you, look, at, you look, at, uh, look at NASDAQ. <laughs> Come on. There's a lot of Chinese junk there to people. And, you know, like, hey, that's Chinese shit. But, man, I made $10,000 yesterday off of, that, <laughs> off of that pump and dump. Okay. So, you know, what's going on there. And then no reporting. It's total bullshit. And it should all be gone. And, and it ruins, ruins markets. And it's just fucked up. And it's all algo trading. And I used to day trade a bit. And it's, I don't it's fuck it. That, that's ruined. Thanks, China. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the pathway into our... Uh, educational system with the Confucius Institutes, total propaganda, um, and uh, definitely deep, deep integration. You look at the money that's been spent on uh, local districts and counties for control, for promotion of Chinese business, Chinese interests. And then the worst, most possibly, is the total ownership of our pharmaceutical system. We sold out to them so bad we sold out everything down to aspirin, vitamin C. Everything is, is made in China. Everything. Mm, mm. And, and Trump, before the pandemic, was already working with everybody to stick it to him. He was working with the pharmaceutical industry and he said, you're going to put, put your factories back here. Mm. And, and honestly, the first couple of weeks of the, wasn't even a pandemic, I thought it was part of Trump's plan. I seriously thought, oh my God, he played it so well, he, he, he got them to honey trap us to try and spread this virus, because we all know it came from China. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's from a bat. No, we all, it's, come on, smoke, fire. We know that it came from the lab, intentional or not. It's, you know, something happened. And, it, you know, I thought he had set that up to, to screw them mm-hmm. and to take back all of, the, all of the manufacturing. 
but it turns out it was just the luck or whatever. Mm. And it's much worse, of course, because I believe the, and, and we could go on for a long time, but I will just say something that never happened before in human history to the extent that it did with the lockdowns globally was instigated by China. And China was the first one who did it. I, I followed this very closely. This is what I do. It was seen as unprecedented, 11 million people locked down. It was like a week or two. They were locking people in homes. And what did we see? We got all these videos. Remember, TikTok also blew up. You know, mm -hmm. TikTok became quite a thing. And what did we see on TikTok? Chinese people going, falling dead on the street, face forward, face planting. Oh, my God, this coronavirus, it's going to, the Chinese people are dropping on the street, dropping dead. And then the Twitter bots spun up, the New York Times wrote about it, targeted Italy. And Italy got all of this messaging about shutting down, locking down, dead people on the street. The Italian footage was used by TV organizations around the globe, certainly in Europe, as an example as to what's, it was even on CBS they used that footage as if it's their own hospital. And who owns the media today? Who owns Hollywood? China. They own the big studios. They own the big theater. Big investment in the big media companies. Own tons of money. And the content providers, Disney. And lo and behold, my friend, they're in sports. Yeah. Hence my love for Jason Whitlock, who plays outside of the system. Yeah. Outkick.com is a great website. I don't know shit about sports, but I like Jason Whitlock. And they have captured... The, the marketing, the messaging, the players, the teams, and the apparel, it's, and they make the shit there. Yeah. We're just a bunch of pass-throughs. And King James, sorry, man, card played. He's China's bitch. <laughs> China's bitch. He will do, directly or indirectly, he'll do whatever they say. And I feel bad for him because it's abusive. It's abusive. And what do you see? What happens to the ratings? Dead. You know why? People are sick of it. They're sick of the shit. Mm. And then the thing that troubles me, though, is that BLM is all over the NBA. And you got to think that some Chinese guys, and I'm not racist against anybody, but the Chinese have a culture which is not compatible completely with ours. Absolutely whenever, I, whenever I encounter Chinese people, they, don't under, they have their own version of space. And they believe everyone's space is their space. So they can, like is be in your space all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just their culture. I got nothing against them in mm -hmm. general. We're like, back off. And, and I'm generalizing, so call me right. whatever. But there's no doubt that they are a type of Cold War enemy at this point. And mm -hmm. we're not going to fight with missiles and stuff anymore. We're going to do some shit in space. Oh, hello, Space Force. That's for real. That's for real. Of course, the Chinese got stuff going. And then the Russia, everybody does. But they, they're, they're good. They're a worthy adversary. Mm. So we need to push back and keep them at bay. And for that reason alone, Trump should be considered by every American. That, that's, it's not anything else. All of that, it all trickles down. Mm. You know, it mm. all trickles. And, and so, let's just take away the apparel itself from China. Take away that manufacturing. Bring it back to us. Yeah. That's yeah. jobs. That's, re that's real. You know, what, either we're going to be a bunch of NPCs and bots hanging around on the internet working on a universal basic income and just be the pass-through consumers where it goes in here, goes in here, and it comes out there. Uh, or we're going to be 
we're going to continue to be some innovative powerhouse that creates cool shit everybody wants and we sell it to them. Yeah. It seems like the, the thing that ties all this stuff together is like socialism and communism. Cause you think China, you think communism, you think black lives matter, you think communism, you sure. take black lives matter and Nike in China and throw them in the NBA and you've got this melting pot of just. And that's, and that's what I'm seeing Hotep. That's what I'm seeing. And mm. I can't prove it, but geez, they told the, you know, the controversy over free Hong Kong or I support Hong Kong. China went, no, you don't shut the, shut up. Stop. You're not saying that. So why wouldn't they also say, Hey, I got an idea. Let's funk with, let's fuck with Trump. Let's put black. No, we'll put <clears throat> United in black. We'll do a new one. We'll just come up with a new one, United in Black. That's the NBA thing. I see it. No, oh, it's actually the, maybe it's the Miami Heat. All over. And you know what? Disney, Disney, your logo is not going to be smaller. We own, we own you anyway. Smaller than the BLM logo. Huh, go I saw it. The court, the Disney logo is like this. Black Lives yeah. Matter is like that. Yeah. That's, that's real money. You know what it costs to get that here on the shirt? To get it on, the, instead of a guy's name, to get it on the wall on the banner. Do you yeah. know what that costs? That's Who's paying money. for that? Is, would they just gave that up? Did BLM pay for that? Who's paying for that? Who's um, paying for that? Oh shit! Or who's saying, "Okay, I'll take the L just to fuck just to fuck with you guys and uh, to stir it up a little bit more." And by the way, uh, everybody who's in our pocket, tell them it's Russia. <laughs> the tell perfect them it's Russia. The perfect scapegoat. Yeah. Wow! So, I could be off. No, but I feel like there's something so there, you know. Yeah, holy shit. So either the Black Lives Matter is paid some way, if it's not a check, some way, somehow it's being paid for, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. either with a loss or something. I mean, where, right. how does that work? I mean, that's real money. That's where Nike goes. Hey, Nike, we own you. Back off, BLM there. Yeah, yeah. I'm shouting so, a lot. No, you're good. So the, yeah, there's a relationship between Nike and China, of course, and then, you know, Nike and they running the NBA. Yeah, wow. So that so that's why you say King James is their bitch, kind of agreeing yes. with uh, yes. a lot. Yeah. Well, Jason Whitlock is a great influence on me because, as I said, I really don't know sports, mm -hmm. uh, but I can read, and, yeah. and you know, two, two men can compete just by reading the words, you know. And right. I hear him like, "Okay, yeah, I'm with you," and he says it. He says, "I just love how he talks." Right, right. Yeah, ah, that's crazy. Um, Tom Macero said thoughts on Andrew Torba and Gab.com. Um. I haven't really kept up with Gab. Uh, I have an account. I support them. I still use the Dissenter browser. I love it. I trust it. Uh, I don't know if it's updated. I'm still on probably an older version. Uh, I support those guys, whatever they want to do. Uh, they certainly uh, gave it a go, and I hope they're successful. I, do, I don't know. I really don't follow them. Yeah. I, I, I was a little disappointed they used to federate with the Fediverse, as we call it, which is all the Mastodon servers. Mm. And also Pluroma and GNU Social and whatever it is. It's an open source social network that anyone can run a server and connect to. Mm. And they, mm. I think they, they uh, disconnected from the Federation. And I, I'm sure it wasn't working for them. It might have been very expensive and uh, resource intensive because it is. Um, but uh, uh, I support them. There's free thinkers. Anybody yeah. who's a free thinker. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, shout out to Andrew uh, Torba and Gab.com. Kent Thoreau, 10 of 10, we'll share with a friend. Thank you, Ken. And thank you, Adam Curry, for coming on my channel. We had a great discussion. Um, I'm going to bring you back. We haven't even scratched the surface. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm, I'm, I'm going to reach out to you. Uh, I gave you my cell in the, you know, so. Uh, yeah, you have my sure number I, too, yeah. 
Oh, you did you text me back? I put it right in the in the Okay, DM. cool. Um, because I, I I do think there's something we can do, and uh, it's, you know, something that may be coming up. It's uh, either way. I I definitely want to continue this off chain, so to speak. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just just to keep it going. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and again, thank you so much. I, I was really honored to to be on the show. Uh, oh man, I've been, I've been looking forward to it. Um, and thank you. Uh, we jokingly say for doing the work, you know, because again, I'll just hold on to Malcolm X's words. This is what we got to do, and yeah. no matter what it is. And then you just kind of start to understand each other and everything else falls away. And uh, everyone else has these kinds of uh, video cameras. So what are y'all waiting for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. We just need to sit down and have these conversations and be transparent, put our f emotions aside. And I think that's exactly uh, what doing the work is. You're absolutely right about that. And I also and I also look forward to learning more about the Hotep. I really oh, did. Oh yes, of course, yes, of course. So much, so much, so much. It's 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 decades of knowledge. Um, and so, decades yeah. that I was never exposed to. You know, just the system. You want? Yes, institutional crap. It, we're all dumbed down. We're all dumbed down. So yeah, yeah. let's all expand. I'm and, and and that's why I'm in a way I'm kind of in, into Elon Musk's uh, Neuralink. All right. I would really like to just download your, uh, just a piece of your shit for a bit. You know, just, <laughs> just, put the, just put that in there. And I want to be able to select a few things to remember. Yeah. You know, it would be even swap, you know, be even swap. Yeah. And right. someone can take a fee of the exchange, but I'd really like to have a little, it was like, wouldn't that help? Wouldn't that be likewise, nice? Likewise. Yeah. yeah. It's like, Oh man. Okay. Hey, believe me. White people got some cool shit too, that you, that, you know, special. Does. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I surround myself with great, Caucasians winners man you surround yeah. yourself with winners that's what that's what you do I don't segregate man if you're a winner like you said and mm -hmm. you're about building business and as we say hotep and build you know like Chad Lemoyne just you know super chat just now white dual Louisiana he said hotep Adam Curry say his name <laughs> <laughs> if I get to say hotep Jesus say his name that's right exactly <laughs> All right, brother. I really appreciate this, and I and uh, I will definitely be uh, talking to you, you know, in a couple of days. So after the weekend, I look forward yeah, to it. Hit me up. I'm here all the time, bro. All right, man. Um, all right, yeah, cool. yeah. Sir Bubba Hotep, four ninety nine Super Chat. He said, "Thank you both for an excellent show. I'm happy my podcast tribes intermingle. Thank you very much, Danielle Ale or that however you say that name. Thank you for doing the great work. <laughs> Learn so much, LP. Thank you. He said, "Thank you for the convo, fellas. This is a good one. Thanks for coming on, Adam." Hell yeah, I'm glad we uh, met your expectations. I hope everyone had fun. I'll see you next week with uh, Bishop L. Gators as my next guest. Peace out, y'all.